You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. There has been an awakening. Have you felt it? You are listening to Star Wars The Saga Continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery and Tim Jirasi, are scouring the holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed, so we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Always in motion is the future. This is just the beginning. You'll find out full of surprises. Not over yet. No, there is another. Chewie, we're home. Hey there, Star Wars fans, and welcome back to Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for all the latest news, rumors, and updates on all the new and exciting projects coming up in the Star Wars universe. As always, I'm your host, Kyle, and I've got just one of my co-hosts with me here today. Uh, Tim, how's it going? Hey, what's up, Kyle? Doing good. Yeah, it feels a little weird now where it's just the two of us, just like our older episodes, but <laughs> yeah, it just already feels different without Paul now. He's been part of the family for, <laughs> for a few episodes, and now it's, we already miss him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're back to the original crew for uh, just for now. I mean, Paul actually might jump in at some point on this episode. We don't know. Um, but Tim and I wanted to get on here and uh, record an episode for you guys because there has actually been quite a bit of Star Wars news going on lately. Um, yep. And in case you're wondering, yes, we do still have those uh, movie commentaries coming. Uh, we re- have recorded the first two already. Um, I was planning to have one out by now, um, but I've been waiting on those for a little bit uh, just because I've been working on a little extra something else to go along with it. So um That'll be fun, and I'll get that out uh, pretty soon here. I would think within the next couple weeks or so, um, we'll have that Phantom Menace episode out. Um, But in the meantime, let's get back to our uh, normal routine of talking Star Wars news. Um, And jumping right in with the first bit here, um, Star Wars Episode Nine has officially wrapped principal photography. Um, This happened back a couple weeks ago, um, and actually when we... I think this happened the day we recorded our first uh, movie commentary. Yeah, either um, the day of or the day before, but right there. Yeah, and so you guys will hear us talking a little bit about that on that Phantom Menace episode too. But um, yeah, so it's done. It's in the can. It's on to just post-production now. Um, and as we were kind of speculating on our last episode and, you know, in the previous couple months waiting for a title and everything, um, we were wondering if we might get the title announcement for episode nine, along with the announcement of the end of filming. And we did not. Um, and now here we are at the beginning of March already, um, and just about a month and a half away from celebration. So it seems like that's probably just when we're going to have to wait to, uh, to get the title announced. Um, but still good to know that they're done filming, um, and that we're now, you know, just in the final phases of, uh, waiting for this movie before we finally get to see it. Um, and they did release an image along with this of, 
uh, Daisy Ridley and John Boyega and Oscar Isaac all in costume um, on set and just hugging on a planet that looks like we may be headed back to Jakku or back to Tatooine or back to Jeddah or some other desert planet. Um, Let's just add a third desert planet to the mix. Like. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, Tim, was there anything, I mean, I know it's not much to go on, but anything about the, uh, the picture that stuck out to you? No, uh, it was just cool to get, honestly. I mean, I always love stuff like this where they make an announcement that production has wrapped. And, yeah, I was a little surprised that we didn't get the title revealed for it because, if I remember right, that's when we got the title announcement for The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi when production wrapped. So, it felt a little weird, and that's kind of what I was expecting to get it if we were going to get it before Celebration. But now, like you said, I firmly believe we're not getting the title until Celebration next month. And why not? We're in March now. I did feel that maybe, you know, the week after they announced the that filming has wrapped on Episode 9, they could announce the title a little bit after. But it's been a few weeks now, so might as well just wait. And I'm all for that. Um, but I think, it, like I said in our last episode, it would be something really cool to experience that celebration once after the trailer ends and we get the title. It should be a really cool experience to see that be unfolded once uh, they do release it. But the, I guess in a way to supplement not getting a title, we got a cool image from the set of Episode Nine, which I don't think we've gotten for The Force Awakens or The Last Jedi. So it's something unique for the wrapping of filming on Episode Nine. And yeah, it's kind of... I mean, it seems like it's the last shot that was filmed. Hopefully it is, because it would be nice if that is actually, once JJ sent that tweet out, he just took a quick picture of right before they were done filming, or I should say after they are done filming, as they're all hugging each other. So but just really cool to see those three actors, you know, the main three heroes of the new trilogy, just kind of taking it all in. It looks like that filming is done for the last chapter of the sequel trilogy, which is hard to <laughs> believe in itself. And I'm sure there's going to be some you know, reshoots or pickup shots they would need to do, but the bulk of the filming is done. And I can't imagine what all three of those actors are feeling, especially I would say Daisy Ridley and John Boyega with this being, you know, really their first Daisy, her first film ever and John Boyega's first really big film. So it's gotta be kind of surreal for them knowing that this part of their career is over. But yeah, going back to, you know, the Star Wars geeky side of things <laughs> with the image and the, the planet it's on. I mean, that's the big thing that stuck out as far as speculation and, and what could it could be. And immediately I just started thinking, how cool would it be if we do go back to Tatooine? From a narrative standpoint, it would make a whole lot of sense to end the final chapter of the Skywalker saga where it all began for the Skywalkers from episode one when we met Anakin there and for... We don't know what the plot's going to be, but for whatever the story reason for them to go back to Tatooine, I think could be really amazing. And that's what I want to see. But if I was speaking honestly, I probably wouldn't bet on that being Tatooine. I think it is probably Jakku because um, it makes sense on that front as well. I mean, JJ's back finishing the story. He started with episode seven with Jakku being the main planet there where we met Ray. And it would make total sense as well for us to go back to that planet to wrap up her story in the final chapter of this trilogy where it began on Jakku. So um, either way, I think it should be a good narrative uh, to go back to a familiar planet, whether it's one that encompasses the whole entire Star Wars saga with Tatooine or the one just for the sequel trilogy with Jakku. But um, we shall see. But it was still cool to get 
a little sneak peek at episode nine officially, <laughs> as we'll talk about a little bit later with some other stuff that we got to look at episode nine. But it was just cool to get. And now it's just waiting for Celebration Chicago because we know that's when you know, the big stuff's coming for the movie and it's going to be a whole lot of fun. So this was a nice little way to wet our, to wet our appetite, I guess, for the oncoming news of episode nine. Yeah, for sure. And there's going to be just so much Star Wars news out of Celebration. And we'll talk more about that a little bit later. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you pretty much hit all the, the main reasons for why it would be cool to go back to either Jakku or Tatooine. Um and I agree with you. I think, you know, I would probably lean a little bit more towards Jakku just because that's where this trilogy started out. Um, and it's weird because, it, you know, it doesn't seem like there's much to go back to on Jakku. But I'm sure, you know, in the original trilogy, if you had said that in Return of the Jedi, they were going to go back to Tatooine, it wouldn't seem like there was much to go back to there either. But then, you know, they can... Mm -hmm. um, you know, Lucas created a whole different side of things with Jabba's Palace and the Dune Sea and all this stuff that we hadn't seen in A New Hope. And so, you know, I'm sure they can do that on Jakku as well. Um, that just begs the question, well, what is there? You know, what's kind of bringing them back here for this final chapter? Um, and hopefully it doesn't feel too sort of derivative of Return of the Jedi. Like, oh, it's the third movie in the chapter, so we have to go back to the desert planet where the first movie started on. Mm -hmm. Um you know, hopefully there is uh, some really interesting like developments or motivations or whatever for them to have to go back there, if that even is the case. But um, yeah, whatever it is, I mean, it's just cool to uh, to get our first official glimpse of the movie. Also interesting to note um, was that Ray is wearing not the not her exact same outfit from The Force Awakens, but looking kind of similar to it. Yeah. Um, you know, back to just kind of like the tan shirt and the arm wraps and the hair that's back in kind of that free bun down the back kind of hairstyle. Um, and I mean, it does look a little bit different, but it's similar enough that it's like, mm, I wonder if maybe somehow this ties back to like, I don't know, Unkar Plutt or like somebody that she knew or was involved with on Jakku and is going back to kind of like blend in. Mm -hmm. Um or, you know, because I, I doubt she's going to be wearing that for the whole movie. I mean, to me, it just seems kind of too similar. Um, or I don't know, maybe I was just hoping that she'd have more of kind of a Jedi inspired outfit. Um, yeah, but I don't know. Here, especially we'll see. after her last Jedi outfit. Yeah, yeah. Because that outfit's awesome. Yeah. No, I agree. And I was kind of hoping to either see that one again or like sort of a uh, another variation of it taken even further along the lines of, you know, kind of traditional Jedi outfits that we're used to. So, um, but I don't know. I mean, she had two different outfits in The Last Jedi and two different outfits in The Force Awakens. And so this, you know, probably won't be the only thing she's wearing in, uh, I was about to like say the title of episode nine and I just realized there isn't one yet. Uh, just episode nine. Um, it feels like we should have one already. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, I just said, you know, The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi and then the, the uh, episode nine to be yeah. <laughs> to be announced um yes. but uh yeah i don't know that was just something else that kind of stuck out to me um, and also as you were talking about how her outfit's kind of similar to what she wore in the force awakens when we first met her and kind of it looks like she has her staff too i don't know it could just be something else she's holding but kind of at the edge there behind poe's back it look, kind of looks like similar to the shape of her staff i don't know if it's like she's holding it in a way, you know, kind of lower so she can hug everybody. But it makes me wonder if we'll be seeing 
uh, the staff again, or not the lightsaber white. She's on Jakku, just kind of going back to what you're saying, well, maybe just to kind of go back when she goes back to the planet, kind of just to fit into the rest of the locales there, uh, to be part of, you know, I guess not to stand out, <laughs> to be a conspicuous kind of, I guess, play the role that what Qui-Gon and Padme did when they first went to Tatooine to blend in. So I wonder if that's going to be the reason why she goes back to that outfit and also, well, her staff, even though I'm still hoping that in some way, shape or form, like we talked about last episode, she has that double-bladed lightsaber. And if it's kind of like intertwined with she builds it based on her staff or uses part of her staff to build a double lightsaber, that could be awesome. But <laughs> just something I just noticed when I saw the image too, that looked like her staff is making a return as well. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Cause I totally missed that right now as we were talking about it. But when we first saw this image a couple weeks ago, that did stick out to me and I'm pretty sure that is her staff. And it, kind of had me worried a little bit because I was like, wait, why is she going back to the staff? Like, I know the lightsaber got destroyed, but you could clearly see like the crystal was still intact and she still, you know, kept the pieces of it at the end of uh, The Last Jedi. And Leia tells her, like, we have everything we need to rebuild the resistance. Um, and I feel like, you know, that was kind of symbolic, like talking about the Jedi Order, too, like as she's holding the pieces of the lightsaber. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, she, I just assumed like she has to still have a lightsaber in this movie, right? Right. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, maybe she's using the staff again, maybe just to blend in back on Jakku or maybe I mean, I don't know who knows what's going on here. Um, but it makes me even more intrigued to see the movie and finally figure it all out. If you notice, too, in the background, a lot of the people in Jakku are wearing different outfits. You guys in shorts, like tank tops <laughs> and weird production equipment back there. That's kind of strange. <laughs> Yeah, they they finally come full circle and we get a Star Wars movie where they stumble onto people making a Star Wars movie. Yeah, <laughs> they're on Jakku, but it's George Lucas filming the scenes for Tatooine for like the original Star Wars. Oh, man. Talk about a paradox. <laughs> yeah, you want to mess with people's heads like they're seeing episode nine. That's what you got to do. <laughs> yeah, no, this this isn't a uh, like a Doctor Who parody episode. So um no, but I mean, yeah, I'm I'm very interested to see, you know, what planet they're on, what they're doing back there. It's going to be really cool, too, to see all these characters together in the same place. That's something we've never really yeah. seen before either. Um, and even though this is obviously like a behind the scenes kind of production still and it's not like a shot from the movie, I'm assuming that all three of these characters are going to be in the scene together, um, whatever they're filming at the moment, because the first movie you know, The Force Awakens, like you had Poe and Finn together at the beginning and then... Uh, Finn and Rey are together for most of the movie. And then The Last Jedi, it's mostly Poe and Finn doing the resistance stuff and Rey's off on her own doing her Jedi training. And so, um, you know, and then you see uh, Rey and Poe meet for the first time at the end of that movie. Um, so, yeah, it'll be cool to finally see kind of our three main heroes for the trilogy actually all together. Um, you know, and, you know, maybe kind of have that Luke Han and Leia dynamic from the original trilogy. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm hoping for with episode nine. I know the whole movie is probably not going to be like that because they're each oh, yeah, sure. have their own story that they're going to have to follow. But at least for a good portion, and you mentioned Return of the Jedi, just that little sequence in the middle once Luke rejoins the Rebels and they're all on Shuttle Tiderian together. It just felt good seeing all three of them together again. Then once they hit Endor, of course, they, Luke had to part ways. But just for that brief you know, middle section of the movie, just great seeing all three of our main heroes together and just talking to each other and the banter that we just love so much. And we, like you said, we really haven't gotten that yet. So it kind of won't be a return to that with our heroes for this trilogy, but just to get 
something of that where we know that they're all three of them are going to be together is going to be good for itself. Yeah, hopefully it's, like I said, not for the main thrust of the movie, but for a good portion of it, we'll see Ray, Poe, and Finn all together for a bit. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, speaking of episode nine, that's really the only official thing we have to go off of, but unofficially, uh, we did get our first kind of big leak um, from episode nine, at least that I've been paying attention to. I mean, who knows what kind of stuff is floating around out there um, for the people that really like getting into spoilers and everything, but um, yeah, not so much that I've seen for this movie as well. So I mean, we haven't like had a big concept art dump like we did for The Force Awakens and even too many behind the scene images like The Last Jedi. There was quite a few I remember for that for Canto Bite and that whole sequence. But there's mm-hmm. been a few behind the scene images uh, for episode nine, but not a lot of characters involved. We got that one big one where we saw Pin or Pin, <laughs> Finn and Poe on like that uh, like grass uh, grasslands area with those horses there. But other than that, not too much. Yeah. Well, this is kind of our first big, like, you know, something along those lines of like a concept art dump or something, except this is a bunch of reference pictures. In fact, it almost looks like these are like stickers or cutouts or something like that, but you can tell it's these kind of like promotional, like merchandising shots. Yeah. Um, probably be used for sticker books for episode nine. Yeah. And cause remember, I remember there was a thing like this for, um, I think there was one for the last Jedi. Cause I remember seeing our first looks at like Kylo's outfit without the mask and with the Cape and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah. Um, you're right. But I remember this also happened with the force awakens. Cause that was when we got our first look at Luke and his Jedi robes. Um, and there was an image of like Mark Hamill and he was like doing a photo shoot or something. And I yep. specifically remember in that shot that got leaked, he was almost like glaring at the camera guy. Like, what uh, are you doing? You're not supposed to be taking a picture of this. Um, man, that was such a big deal. I remember when seeing that first image of Luke, like, oh boy, it happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we have that again now, except this time it's not just Luke or just one character, but we've got a whole bunch of character images from episode nine. Um, including a couple new aliens, a couple new droids, um, and a couple of the new characters that we, uh, you know, knew about some of the new additions to the cast, but didn't know what kind of characters they'd be playing. Um, so it looks like Richard E. Grant is in what looks like a First Order officer's uniform. Uh, Dominic Monaghan is in uh, what looks like a Resistance uni- uh, resistance officer uniform. Um I got a picture of Poe in what I'm going to call his Indiana Jones outfit. I mean, it's the same <laughs> thing he was. Well. <laughs> it's, it's the same thing he was wearing in those leaked uh, leaked set photos that we got a while ago, um, where he's got kind of like the cargo pants and the tan shirt with the sleeves rolled up and like a scarf around his neck and a kind of sash thing, or maybe it's like a, a kind of pouch bag that's hanging down at his side, um, and he's got gloves on. I mean, it definitely looks like his like adventuring exploring gear like i don't know if he's gonna be i don't know what he's gonna be doing but it definitely like if i had to guess just based off of the picture like he looks like he's out hunting for artifacts like Mm -hmm. this is like indiana jones like nathan drake from uncharted like it's totally along those lines um and then we do have a picture of ray in like I said, what looks a lot like her outfit from The Force Awakens. It looks like she took her outfit from The Force Awakens and finally washed it with some bleach after all these years because it just looks <laughs> whiter and cleaner, but it's still just kind of the simple, like, white fabric that's, like, draped over her shoulders and, like, goes down to her knees. Um, and she's got, you know, the belt on and the arm wraps and uh, just kind of simple looking. And again, I'm like... 
okay, but I was kind of hoping for a little bit more, especially if she really is going to be a Jedi. And actually, the more I stare at this, it I don't know if you have these images up right now. Does it look like she yeah. might have a lightsaber on that belt? It's kind of hard to tell, really, but uh, for me looking at it, it doesn't seem like she does. Just, I don't see anything that's kind of sticking out that resembles a lightsaber. Just on that right side, like under her arm, it looks mm. like there's something. It doesn't look exactly okay. like a lightsaber, but it's yeah. like she could be covering it or something. Yeah, okay. I know what you're talking about, but I don't know. It's still not getting a lightsaber vibe from it, <laughs> at least from that shot. Yeah. I know it's, when you zoom in, it gets really blurry. but Yeah, and you know, I'm not looking at it going like, oh, that's totally a lightsaber. I'm just It's something that could be a lightsaber. Um, maybe it's just wishful thinking on my part. I don't know. Um but we've also got uh, looks at like a few new aliens. Uh, one guy that looks like maybe a Mon Calamari. Um, and I'm not sure if this is a new alien. The one that's letter L. Like it kind of mm. looks like an Athorian, but like yeah. not quite. No, I think it's new. Yeah. Um, and yeah, got, it could like, be related to the Athorians. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. yeah. And a couple other new alien designs down at the bottom. But I think the two most notable things here um is we've got our first look at billy d williams as lando and i love his outfit because it's yep. like it's like a perfect blend of it's like his his outfit from uh the original trilogy in the color scheme of his outfit from solo like mm-hmm. yeah, um that. he it's like a uh a yellow shirt with kind of like a black collar black pants and like a dark brown cape over it but it looks like again like the same style of like shirt and cape that he wore on bespin in uh empire strikes back but in the color scheme of um his outfit from solo so that's really cool to see yeah definitely it was one of the one of the standouts from this group of images seeing the return of lando yeah it's not the best quality image to see billy d williams return as lando but you get a great idea for what his outfit's going to look like and you nail it just the perfect blend of both landos that we know from the original trilogy and now from solo just that color of yellow on his shirt i mean just screams of the outfit he wore in solo so i, I think that's really cool and we know it's got to be intentional just that they're paying attention to you know lando's history like that is really cool so mm-hmm. yeah that was one of the standout images from this batch that's for sure yeah, definitely. And then I think the other two standout images are the two pictures that we've oh, got yes. of Kylo Ren. Um, and man, those rumors that we heard about him repairing his helmet were totally spot on. Um, and so we've got one image that's like a close up of the helmet and you can definitely see it still is cracked and damaged and it's like glowing red from the inside almost. It's got like red mm-hmm. light glowing through the cracks and it looks really cool. Like in fact, after having just watched Twilight of the Apprentice again recently, it looks like something from Malachor. Oh yeah. Good call. You yeah, know, and right. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be directly tied to that or anything. I'm just saying it has that aesthetic mm-hmm. of like, you know, something that's black and sort of menacing looking, but also old and cracked and with red light glowing through the cracks kind of eerily. Um, so yeah, I, I love it. I think that looks really good. Um, and I mean, we'll have to see how well it looks in person with like, it almost seems like it might be hard to like take him seriously if he's like talking and stuff while wearing that. Um, Mm. But we'll see, because, I mean, it, like I said, it looks really cool, but almost it it has that look of, like, an artifact or something. 
And so I don't know if he's going to be wearing that the whole time or if he'll be just sort of holding it or referring to it kind of like he did with Vader's helmet in uh, The Force Awakens. But we do also have an image of him wearing it. Um, and it's more of a full body shot, so you can't really see like the cracks and stuff as much, but you see that he's got the helmet on and it looks like pretty much the same outfit that he had in the last Jedi with, um, just like the black tunic and pants and the cape over it, except this time the cape's got a hood that he has up over the helmet. And so I like that a lot. Um, for whatever reason, I didn't like, I liked his outfit in the last Jedi, but like at the beginning when he had the helmet on the helmet kind of looked out of place with like the Cape and stuff. Cause I actually really liked his look in mm -hmm. the force awakens when he had the hood up over the helmet. Um, and even when he wasn't wearing the helm or when he wasn't wearing the hood, like having it down around his neck, it just kind of, I don't know, gave it a more fleshed out look. Whereas I feel like, and this probably was intentional in the last Jedi, when he just had the Cape and the helmet was just sitting there on top of his head, he did kind of look like a boy playing Darth Vader, mm. you know, and that's when Snoke tells him to take it off and he smashes it. And, you know, for the rest of the movie, um, he doesn't have it on and that outfit I thought looked fine. Um, and so for him to be wearing the helmet again, I'm glad that they brought the hood back to go with it and otherwise kept pretty much the same outfit. I think it looks really good. Yeah, same here. And I think this is probably the biggest portion of the podcast where we're really going to miss Paul just geeking out mm -hmm. <laughs> about knowing Kylo Ren's mask is back. And we had, I think it was two episodes ago where we decided a big discussion topic on uh, we felt the importance of Kylo Ren's mask. And just the fact that it is going to be back for episode nine is uh, almost like a sigh of relief, <laughs> I would say, because we were talking about just how much we were hoping that that would be the case and JJ would bring it back. And it is, we, like you said, we first heard those rumors and the descriptions of what it's going to look like. And yeah, there it is. <laughs> Kyle Lorenz and Mass being held together by this, you know, red glowing material. And I think it looks really cool, but I got to agree with you about the other image where we see his full costume. The fact that he has the hood again, I'm really glad about that because that's my favorite look that Kylo Ren has had is in the force awakens when he just has the cloak and the hood over his helmet. I just think it looks really cool and something different for a star Wars villain to have that already has a cool mask, but then you throw that hood over it. I think it makes them stand out and make it look, look even cooler mm -hmm. with that. hood. So I'm glad that's coming back as well. And hopefully it's, he wears it as much as he did in the force awakens. <laughs> and uh, cause I think it's pretty safe to say, at least I'm going to go on, record in saying that I think he's going to wear his helmet more than he did in The Last Jedi because he well, didn't wear it for very yeah, long. So, yeah, hopefully just as much as he did in The Force Awakens and when he needs to take it off for these big dramatic moments, he'll take it off. But it's just so cool to see that it's back. And for those of us who were worried that the crushed helmet that we saw in The Last Jedi was the last time we would see that cool-looking piece of helmet, that's not the case, and I couldn't be happier about that. So, man, I just can't wait. Hopefully we see him in the trailer with the helmet because it's going to be awesome. And I just can't wait to see it in motion. Just having these more cool poses that Kylo Ren's going to have with his helmet's back. So, yeah, it's just great that we know for sure that his helmet will be making this grand return in episode nine. Yeah, definitely. And you know what I just realized, too? I mean, just sort of that cracked, fractured look is so sort of representative of him as a character, too. Um, and yeah, I, you're right. I wonder sort of how much that's going to reflect his personality and depending on how long it's been between episodes eight and nine like is he gonna be even more sort of edgy and unstable and you know is he just gonna be sort of this terrifying like psychopath under that mask that is really is you know sort of 
uh, just fractured and like barely holding it together. Um, I mean, I think regardless, it already is sort of a good representation of what we know of his character so far. So I think that's going to be really cool to see. Um, and also, I mean, I'm even wondering, like, now that I'm just thinking about him being supreme leader, like, is he is he wearing it just to sort of be intimidating and feel powerful? Or I wonder if there is like an element of sort of concealment. Like, you know, we all know he's been solo at this point, but mm -hmm. like the galaxy at large probably still isn't super aware of that. And I don't know how many people within the first order know that. I mean, I know in the last Jedi, he was walking around without his helmet on, but then everybody on that star destroyer got wiped out when hollow flew through it at light speed. So, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I think it'd be for both reasons actually. And I also think too, just, uh, well, actually, fulfilling... no, never mind. Cause he was, he was down fighting in front of everybody with Luke with no helmet on, but, um, yeah, still, I don't know, outside of the First Order to the galaxy at large. Exactly. Yeah, and I think, too, him fulfilling what he said at, in The Force Awakens, talking to that Vader helmet, he'll finish what he started. I think just to kind of show the galaxy that there is, like, you know, I don't know if he's going to make it broadcast that the grandson of Vader is the ruler of the galaxy, but, like, another figure that is like Darth Vader that instills fear across the galaxy is now in charge and has the biggest army in the galaxy. So I think that could play a reason for it as well. Just going back to um, the reason why he's doing all this and his obsession with Vader. So if there's even a little piece of that, that plays a part in him wearing the helmet again, I think it would be really cool. Just going back to, you know, just what he said <laughs> in the movie, going back to where and finish what he started. So I think that if that's the, one of the reasons, I hope it's the main reason. I think that's just cool for him as a character and really embracing his heritage as the grandson of Darth Vader coming full circle now. So just, yeah, so many great reasons why that helmet is back from a visual and story standpoint. Yeah, definitely. I'm excited to see it in action again. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. Bring on that trailer. Oh, boy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but that's pretty much it for the stuff we've got to go on for episode nine. Um, but also to speaking of other live action Star Wars and all that good stuff, uh, the Mandalorian also wrapped principal principal photography uh, for its first season, assuming there's going to be multiple seasons. I don't know if for the live action series, if they're just going to kind of do one off like anthology shows where it's just like one season of different stories. But mm -hmm. um, at least for what they're working on for right now, uh, the Mandalorian uh, has officially wrapped. And so, um, man, it's kind of crazy to think like now we have two live, we, you know, we have a Star Wars movie and a live action Star Wars series that have both wrapped production and uh, presumably are both going to be coming to us by the end of this year. I mean, we still don't have a uh, an announced um, premiere date for the Mandalorian. Um, but I'm sure we'll get that at Celebration. And, you know, we know that the uh, Disney Plus streaming service is coming this year. Um, and I'm sure they want Star Wars on there to, you know, boost those subscriber numbers right out of the oh, gate. Yes. <laughs> and especially, I mean, knowing sort of TV budgets and stuff, too. I mean, the fact that they've been filming this since the end of last year and uh, the fact that it's already done now, I would be shocked if we didn't get at least the first episode by the end of this year, if not uh, the whole full season. So um, yeah, cool to know that that one is in the can as well. And uh, now we wait eagerly to get our first glimpse of footage from the Mandalorian. Yeah. Which should be next month along with episode nine. That's just so cool to think about. Like you said, the two biggest star Wars releases this year are going to be episode nine and the Mandalorian, both live action stuff 
and they're done filming and we're going to be getting them this year and our first looks at them next month at celebration just the fact that we're getting two big new star wars content two i should say two big live action star wars content this year just you know is amazing and i just can't wait to see it all unfold we're just getting that much closer to those being a reality where it's on our tv screens and then we're going to the theater to see episode nine and part of me is thinking which we've discussed in the past how they're going to release it are they going to release some all the episodes via, you know, like Netflix, or are they going to wait every week to release a new episode? And I don't know, I think it'd be something cool where, because I'm pretty sure Disney Plus is going to launch before episode nine comes out. Um, and if there are going to kind of space out the Mandalorian episodes, how cool would it be to either go see episode nine that Thursday night and then that next Friday night, depending if that's the day they release new episodes, there's a new episode of the Mandalorian waiting for us to watch. I mean, it's just going to be awesome. There's <laughs> more star wars content to devour and enjoy as diehard fans it's going to be great but mm -hmm. one thing i'm curious to get your opinion on kyle and i don't know there's something that i've been noticing and there's a little rumblings on it from fellow fans on twitter uh, we haven't heard much update and progress on the clone wars in season seven and anything about it regarding at celebration at all yet and uh, because I know just not to base everything off this suspicion, but even I think it was that like, when the Star Wars show came back, they were talking about all the great stuff that's coming in this year, mentioning the Mandalorian episode nine, the uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, all the big stuff we're looking forward to, but no Clone Wars mentioned. Do you think it's possible that Clone Wars might not make 2019 and be some that releases in 2020? Because I wouldn't have thought that based off last year, we're all excited and they said it's coming in 2019, but there's a part of me that's preparing myself just in case that maybe at celebration they'll say it'll be hitting early 2020. I don't know. I'm just getting that vibe that maybe we should prepare ourselves for a little pushback on the Clone Wars. Are you feeling that at all or thought about that at all? We'll be hearing all this stuff about Episode Nine and Mandalorians rapping and gearing up for all that big reveals for celebration and nothing too much on Clone Wars. I hadn't really considered that. And you could maybe be onto something however i for right now i would just chalk it up to them focusing more on new stuff um you know the clone wars kind of had its run already i mean don't get me wrong like it's still the thing i'm most excited for for this year um i love that show i can't wait to see it come to you know a proper conclusion and obviously there are a lot of fans out there that feel the same way that love the clone wars but it's something that is kind of past its prime, if you will, that they're going to be kind of going back to and wrapping up as mm -hmm. opposed to something that they're really going to be pushing in the future. Um, you know, obviously, episode nine, self-explanatory, like that's the big theatrical release for this year. The Mandalorian, I mean... Again, we don't know if this is something that eventually is going to run for multiple seasons or if it's just going to be kind of more of like a self-contained story and then they move on to something else. Like, you know, I mean, obviously we know there's going to be the Cassian series. Um, but regardless, I mean, with it being the first live action Star Wars series that's going to be premiering on Disney Plus, um, I mean, that kind of has a lot of weight on its shoulders. And I mean, obviously they want to get people really excited for that as well. Um I mean, for what it's worth, we know that Star Wars Resistance has already been renewed for season two, and that's going to be premiering later this year. And I haven't heard people talking about that much either. And so, um, 
you know, plus, I think... Plus, they rarely do once the season, current season's still going on as well, too, so... <laughs> well, right, but I'm talking about just in terms of, you know, big stuff that they've got planned for later in the year that they've been talking mm-hmm. about and really hyping up. I mean, I think Episode Nine and The Mandalorian really is the top two, um, especially as far as, you know, what they're going to be marketing and stuff. Um, and then there's a third that we'll talk about in just a minute, but... Um, yeah, you know, that being Jedi Fallen Order. Um, but yeah, I mean, with Clone Wars, I don't know. I think just because it's something that almost seems like, like I don't know if Dave Filoni really had to try to push for it. Um, I mean, he mentioned at the Clone Wars, uh, the panel from Comic-Con that um, I think he said it was Kiri Hart from the story group who came to him and said like, hey, I think we may have an avenue that, you know, we could use to do more Clone Wars. And so... I don't know if he had already been pushing for that or if it was something that just kind of happened. Um, but regardless, I mean, it does seem like it's something that they're kind of doing more as a favor to the fans as opposed to something that Disney is really using to kind of try to push the Star Wars brand mm-hmm. and like engage more people and make more money off of it and stuff like that. So um, that's a good point. So I I mean, I haven't been too concerned about that. As of yet, I have noticed that a couple of times, like you mentioned, like I think I did probably watch, you know, that episode of the Star Wars show that you were talking about where they mentioned, um, you know, or maybe talking about upcoming stuff and they didn't mention the Clone Wars. Um, Although they most recently uh, on the most recent episode, they had Matt Lanter on talking about Battlefront 2 and they did talk about Clone Wars and that and the fact that that's coming back. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we don't have an official release date for it, so we don't know for sure that it's coming in 2019. But I don't think I mean, I, I haven't had enough cause to think like, oh, it's getting pushed back or, um, you know, to be worried that like, you know, anything is I, I, I certainly don't think anything's going wrong with it or it's having issues or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but I yeah, think, that's definitely not a worry. I just yeah. think they could just from a marketing standpoint, maybe too, if since Disney Plus is coming out at the end of 2019, if they don't want to, I mean, it's no big deal for us as Star Wars fans, if they don't want to overdo it with Star Wars content right away to let the Mandalorian breathe a little bit on its own and then come back with the Clone Wars in 20, early 2020 to have that be ne- to have that be the next big Star Wars content coming to the service. But It's possible. I, I hope that's not the case because the Clone Wars is the first thing I want to watch on. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the just only thing you know, wrap that- up that story and get that out of the way and then move on to you know the new stuff. Um, the only thing that would make it really worthwhile if it gets pushed back at all is that they're doing more episodes. <laughs> I mean, that would be the best case scenario. Yeah, you never know. Um, but I mean, I think for sure we're going to hear something about that at Celebration. I mean, just because they haven't announced it yet. They've only announced a handful of Celebration panels so far. Um, and so, um, yeah, I'm not worried that we haven't heard about a Clone Wars one yet. I mean, if we get to like a couple weeks before Celebration and they still haven't said anything about Clone Wars, then I'd be a little concerned. But like, you know, it's going to be there. And yeah. know, especially with the reaction it got last year, um, even if it was getting pushed back or something like that, you know, they would have to, just, you know, talk about it and give us some more information there because we're so much closer now than we were, you know, back in July of last year when this first got announced. So, um yeah, I, I wouldn't be too concerned about that, but we'll see. Yeah, just the thought I had were maybe just prepare myself for the possibility of that happening, not to be super bummed and disappointed if that does end up being the case or we got to wait a little bit till 2020. Yeah, well, let's not give them any bad ideas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. if anyone's listening at Lucasfilm, don't pay attention to that part. Yeah, 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 <laughs> don't, don't do that. 
All right, and before we jump to the next thing, real quick, uh, we now have the third member of our crew who has returned from his recon mission, and uh, Paul is back with us. How's it going, Paul? Oh, I'm very well. I'm very well. Uh, I am. Uh, I'm excited to talk about the Mandalorian, right, guys? Well, oh, we we kind of just, just finished talking about the Mandalorian, <laughs> oh, but we'll let you chime in. All right, I'll see you guys later. Yeah. See ya. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, no, I'm I'm here. I'm, I'm really excited. I, I'm bummed I missed about talk missed out about talking about the Mandalorian. I'm I'm really I'm Jones Jonesing for some Mandalorians. So. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, well, what's, what's next on the topic boys? Well, the next topic is not so much news related. It's more, uh, just briefly wanted to touch on a bunch of rumors that have been flying around lately, um, regarding potential star Wars spinoff series. Um, oh, and this started popping up back, you know, a couple weeks ago. And, uh, I think the first one we heard was that there were potentially developing like a Rose Tycho Anime, or live action series and then rumors just started wildly flying left and right everything from captain you know a phasma series to a knights of ren series to a snoke origin series to like a leia series or you know and a lot of the stuff it was like not even just oh take it with a grain of salt it was just like this is all just a bunch of nonsense that probably has no uh substance to it um but there was one rumor in the uh, kind of, you know, the, the eye of the hurricane, if you will. The one rumor that did seem to have a little bit of credibility to it. And so I wanted to bring that one up. And this is a report from Star Wars Newsnet uh, saying that there potentially is an Obi-Wan Kenobi live action series in the works. Um, and they're reporting... Uh, you know, getting told from their sources that an Obi-Wan movie actually was supposed to go into production right after Solo, A Star Wars Story. And this is one of the things that, um, you know, really got shaken up by the box office performance of Solo and, you know, that call with Bob Iger where he talked about, you know, maybe they jumped the gun and were trying to rush out too much stuff and they were really going to rethink their strategy. And that um, the Obi-Wan movie kind of got scrapped or at least put on hold for the time being. But they're saying now that might, uh, resurface as a live action series and kind of more of like a limited mini series. Um, and I don't know, did we ever get an official full episode count for the Mandalorian? It's supposed to be like 10 episodes, right? I I don't know. I think it's like, uh, ten, like I think 10 eight or 10, yeah. between eight or 10. I yeah. And I, I think that was just from like reports that we heard, not like from an official Lucasfilm announcement, but they're saying that the Obi-Wan series, um, could be like up to six episodes. Um, so it would be more of like a kind of limited series, you know, almost like a broken up TV movie kind of thing. Um, but I mean, I think a lot of fans would be down for this. I know a lot of people want to see Ewan McGregor back in the role. Um, I still worry just a little bit about content, like, especially if you're going to stretch that out into like six hour long episodes, like what exactly i mean i'm sure they can come up with interesting stories but i'm like what exactly was obi-wan doing on tatooine that's going to give you like six episodes worth of interesting stories to give us um yeah, especially that now that we've already <laughs> especially now that we've already seen his confrontation with maul because i think that's you know what would be top on most people's wish lists um but um yeah i don't know what do you guys think about like do you think there's any credibility to this and is this something you'd want to see i think that with Obi-Wan Kenobi, 
uh, series or of some kind. It's like Tim said, I don't think there's going to be a problem with filling up time. I think there's, they obviously were developing something that variety and all these other people reported it. And that, that goes to show that there's something going on, at least with that. But as far as obviously not having the mall thing is a little bit of kicking the teeth a little bit, I think, but at the same time, I think there's so many more like if I've, when I've gone on record on the show and other shows and, and on Twitter that I think that there's a, a lot of emotional stories to tell still. And I think that with, with Obi-Wan, you could tell a tale of someone who's going through the, these, these emotional journeys, but also having like little adventures. And I think with a film, you could really focus on the aspect of the emotional journey of Obi-Wan of kind of coming to terms what he's, what he, what his future is. Cause I think he knows what his, what his destiny kind of lies in. Whereas I think in a TV show, you can have that same ideas developed over six to 10 episodes, but you also could. And one thing I, I, I was funny, I was watching, um, Captain Midnight on YouTube, which is a really cool, uh, a YouTube channel, which kind of it kind of dives into like kind of geek culture, mostly Marvel DC stuff, like comic book movies, movies, movies. Can't really talk. Um, that th those kinds of things. And he had a good point talking about the new Doom Patrol show, which I really like too. And he talked about how it feels like it's more the instead of being like a 13-hour movie, which is a popular thing to do in Netflix and things like that binge worthy things it the episodes seem more self-contained where they it, there is a larger narrative but they're also very self-contained and they're very entertaining on the in the episode themselves rather than focusing on what's what's keep driving this narrative going on for 13 hours and it, like i think that he's mostly right to an extent with doom patrol but the reason i bring that up is i think that it, he, he is right about something that i remember i used to criticize like smallville on where I would, I always want them to focus on the overall narrative, the overall story arc. Yeah. <laughs> whereas the, there was more freak, you know, there was more freak of the week kind of thing. And you used to watch Smallville. It sounds like Tim. So yeah, you kind of know what I'm getting what you're at. talking about. <laughs> right. But, but I think there's a balance and I think that's the problem is that I think you need to have a balance of the two. And one of the only series that I think in my opinion have, has done a great job of doing that is Daredevil season one, which does a great job of doing yeah. self-contained episodes, but yet it still has a larger narrative that you're driving at the same time. And I think the other Netflix shows, the reason why there's always stalled in in seven eight is because they've already done all their their pre-work for the narrative by the sixth seventh episode, and they're just kind of stalling at that point. Whereas you could really have some great character moments and beats in those first couple episodes that you don't really have later on, that you're just kind of like just dragging things out because you've already done all those. Whereas I think that you could have more fun adventures with an Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's, I'm, again, I'm, that's where I'm going back with all this. You can have a, you know, a, something like with Obi-Wan Kenobi, and you can have all these things. And then you can have the overarching uh, emotional journey that you can have Obi-Wan on that I think is entertaining that I think that you could focus on. So I think that with Obi-Wan, above all the things that we're hearing these rumors of, to be honest, in my opinion, they would make the most sense. You can have really fun adventures. You can have one adventure where Obi-Wan, um, for an hour or two episode arc, 
is going on an adventure to save a child from uh, sand people, like, like kind of like, kind of similar to the Kenobi thing or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, the, the the novel. Or you can have an, uh, a part where it's him going in Moss Eisley or Moss Espa and and try, having to like you know figure something out there, some figure out a mystery from that whole thing. I mean, to me, there's and again you have the and you have that emotional connection with Kenobi because he is. Kenobi, he's only Kenobi. He's one of the most popular characters in Star Wars, and he's played by a well, a pretty well-known actor in Ewan McGregor that he's universally loved as that character. So I think you already have everything there to there to go, and I think a, a Netflix series is enough to draw people into that. Like, oh yeah, like well, I would totally invest in that. So to me, it's a no-brainer. To me, it's all those things, and I, I think it works. So. Yeah, to me, I, I think the Obi-Wan Kenobi of, of all of the TV series, even above Cassian, the Mandalorian, even above the Mandalorian, I think you could easily have sold people to invest in a Star Wars series, especially if they knew it was Obi-Wan Kenobi, the best part, again, quote unquote, the best part of the prequels, which again, I'm not going to say that's, I would say it's arguably what you could argue, but it's what I would, I would definitely say as far as the mainstream goes, that's the census, at least what people would normally say. So, to me, it would only it, it even trump the Mandalorian. I, you know, very it's close because I think the Mandalorian is a is a surefire hit as well, just because it's the is a Mandalorian. But I think the well known character and what you could do with the character, it's a surefire hit no matter what above all those things. Yeah, I agree. I mean, just like you said, Paul, it's such a no brainer for an Obi Wan TV series that could work so well, especially. You know, we talked about this a million times after, you know, the box office results of Solo and the aftermath. We knew it was going to come of that. And one of the things we said was, you know, the possibility of the Obi-Wan movie going to the Disney Plus format. And, yeah, I think it would work fine. I mean, I have no doubt that production and quality would probably be just as good as the movie, which is what Mm -hmm. I'm assuming for The Mandalorian. So I don't think that's an issue. And like you said, I think especially if the rumor is true about it being six episodes, Uh, There's plenty of stories you can fill with that. You gave a good example of one, Paul, but another one that I think could be really cool is just having an episode where it's just Obi-Wan meditating, communing with Qui-Gon. I mean, how cool would that be where you get different aspects, like a whole episode is just the Force vision of Obi-Wan maybe learning from Qui-Gon and learning how to develop the ability to become a Force ghost and maybe have a Force vision that takes him back to the past from an experience we never seen Obi-Wan be have or had before, but we're seeing it in that episode. Just stuff like that I think would be amazing to see. And then you go on with his connection with Luke as far as, far as wanting to protect him, that aspect. So I think there's tons of stuff they can do. So yeah, I really hope <laughs> this one is true because as we know, with the Obi-Wan movie kind of being put on hold and on the shelf for right now, this just seems like the most logical avenue to resurrect that idea and just to get some more Obi-Wan content out there. <laughs> As we said before, everyone's clamoring for Ewan McGregor to return. He wants mm-hmm. to do it. The fans want him. And it just seems like the next logical thing to do for Disney and whatever series they want to develop next for Disney+. Plus. It just seems like such a win-win for everybody on all fronts. So... Yeah, here's hoping that this is one that definitely pans out. And I'm going to be greedy, and hopefully we kind of do this a lot at, in preparation for celebrations as far as new announcements, and that's not always the case at celebration as far as getting like actual surprises that we weren't expecting. But this is one that I hope where you know it's not nothing 
going into celebration that we're expecting, but a hope that we have to maybe it gets announced as a future project, because I think that'll just be another huge deal to add to anticipation and excitement for Celebration Chicago if it happens. But yeah, all everything seems aligned for this to be such a really really cool idea that I hope to see pans out. Yeah, that I mean, I agree. I think it would be really cool to see. I mean, even though, like I said, I was a little unsure, like what kind of stories they might be able to tell. I mean, I trust that they'd be able to come up, come up with interesting stuff. And I think just seeing you and McGregor in that role again would be enough for me to want to tune into it. Um, and even just a couple of ideas that popped into my head as you guys were talking, um, especially like what you were talking about, Tim, like an, an episode of him like communing with Qui-Gon and learning stuff about the Force. And I was like... Well, as a fan, that would be really cool to have him like getting that knowledge and stuff. But like from a cinematic standpoint, it wouldn't be interesting to have an hour long episode of Obi-Wan just sitting there meditating. So I was like, you know, it would be really cool is if there was like a Mortis style episode where like Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan and Yoda go on some adventure together or something. But they're like within the realm of the force. And it's really just mm. like Obi-Wan meditating on Tatooine the whole time yeah. and Yoda meditating on Dagobah the whole time and Qui-Gon just being, you know, part of the force, but you actually see the three of those characters together, like in scenes actually doing things. And then you're, you know, it kind of has that same effect of like the Mortis or the Yoda episodes. Like, are they in an actual physical place? Is this all just a vision? Like what exactly is going on here? I don't know, but it's really cool. And we're learning new stuff about the force and it's awesome. Um, Dude, I'd be so down for that. <laughs> that I would <laughs> love to see that. And then the other thing I was thinking too, I mentioned how they already kind of burned the Darth Maul possibility. And I think, I don't think you could make that work in a movie, but I think you actually potentially could show that same scene in live action. And have like tell that same story but focus on it more from obi-wan's perspective mm -hmm. because in the episode twin sons it's mostly focused on ezra and maul and you know ezra's wandering through the desert and he's you know he's trying to find maul and the, or, well he's trying to find obi-wan but the whole time like maul is kind of egging him on and like the whole thing is from ezra's perspective up until like the last third of the episode where he finally meets maul or finally meets obi-wan and then maul shows up and obi-wan sends ezra away and then we stay there and focus on the duel between Obi-Wan and Maul for the last like couple minutes of the episode. And so to see that story again, but see the whole thing from Obi-Wan's perspective, like how long has he known that Maul is still out there? Um, you know, what are his whole thoughts on it? And we could even see him reflecting on, and maybe even see flashbacks to things like Satine and Maul in the Clone Wars and stuff like that. Um, but maybe even know like, is he getting any like visions or premonitions? Does he sense Ezra coming like does he does he know about all this ahead of time and just show that story from his perspective and then build it up to that same point and you could show that same confrontation again and I feel like that wouldn't like in the in a movie it feels like that would be a little too much especially because you only have two hours and to spend that time kind of introducing because you would have to I mean Ezra still has to be there right and so to uh 
to sort of introduce this character from the animated series yeah. and be like, you yeah. know, that would just be too much to fit in a movie. But you could do that in a live action series. Um, you know, even if it was just like spending a whole episode focused on that and you've still got the whole rest of the series to focus on other stuff. So it doesn't feel like we're wasting precious time that we could be spending with Obi-Wan by rehashing things that we've already seen in animation. And I don't know, for me personally, I think that would still be really cool to see. And... I think especially once Disney Plus comes out, there are going to be a lot of new people, especially people that are like fans of the prequels and stuff that maybe haven't kept up with Rebels or just, you know, either older fans who never paid it any attention or even by the time this comes out, maybe kids who just, you know, weren't aware of it or whatever. Um, I think there's definitely going to be more of a marketing push for these live action series. And so it's probably going to be... Um, you know, exposed to a broader audience and some people who may be seeing it for the first time and, you know, didn't see that happen on Rebels. And so I think that would be really cool. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not necessarily predicting like that they would go that route and they maybe, you know, just don't want to retread old ground. But I'm just saying I think it's a lot more likely that we would see that in a, a series than we would in a movie. Um, and so that's another possibility as well. Yeah, I think that's a great point that you brought up there. And it makes total sense and as fans would we really complain about seeing that sequence again play out in live action like heck no <laughs> i mean i'd all be all for that i mean it even uh, depending on too how far they want to go on the timeline with it as well as giving ewan mcgregor a chance to really you know shine and put on his alec guinness <laughs> acting chops there to really sell it just like it was in rebels in that episode um, and I wonder if they want to go that far with an Obi-Wan series. That's the only thing where maybe I could potentially see it not happening if they don't want to touch, you know, the live action elements of life, Alec Guinness's performance. But I mean, if he had to, I think Ewan McGregor can pull it off, but I'm just not sure if that's a direction they'd want to go because that actually would be kind of cool to, if, depending how long the series goes, if they're, if it's one season or a couple of seasons, but to end the series on is to see Obi-Wan kind of right before, he meets Luke in A New Hope or, you know, shortly before the events there. And maybe he is kind of reflecting on some of the moments that happened up until that point. And we either get a flashback that's showing his confrontation with Maul. And you make a great point about um, if it was a movie where you have to explain Ezra and all that. But if it was done in a TV show and it's like a quick flashback of Obi-Wan reflecting, you don't need to have Ezra in there at all. You could just show when Maul and Obi-Wan are just staring at each other and igniting their lightsabers and you just see the short battle they have and then the conversation that Obi-Wan has with Maul before he dies and he can easily do all that. So, yeah, I wouldn't rule that off the table. And like I said, it could be a cool way to end this series on if they want to get it to as close to A New Hope as possible. So, yeah, I mean, there's tons of stuff they can do with this as we're talking about it. That could be really cool. So, man, it's just making me more excited and more hopeful that this becomes a reality because man, it'd be like star Wars heaven seeing all this stuff with Obi-Wan. <laughs> it'd just be so cool. But you know what? I, I, I think that, Oh, you know, I was just going to say, like, you know what? I kind of want even more now than an Obi-Wan series. Like I still want the Obi-Wan series, but kind of going off on this tangent with Maul, I'm like, you know how we were like way back when there was the rumors that George Lucas was working on the live action series. It was going to be called star Wars underworld. Uh, that was focused on the criminal element and everything. Give us that, but focused on Maul and the Crimson Dawn. Yeah. And fill in the gap of where we see him in Solo to him being on Malachor in Rebels. I want that series. Yes, that would be awesome, but I'd still take the Obi-Wan series over at first. <laughs> but put that next on the list. But, yeah. Because that would be I really cool. 
Oh, go I ahead, don't Paul. think we're going to, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't think we're going to get anything very, I don't know. I, I think anything big in scale that, that is, that is tempted to, or tempted to be in scale, like a Sith, you know, versus Jedi kind of a thing. I don't think we're going to get that for a long time on a streaming service. I think right now, at least for a while, I think in the next, I think the next 10 years are going to be very safe series that they can tell and the the budgets can be kept. And I'm not saying that Jedi can't be under like a, uh, or Sith can't be in in a reasonable budget, but I think that they're, 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 I think this, the, I think the Mandalorian is going to be a real, real big test for what exactly is Star Wars capable of of carrying themselves on a TV series with a somewhat semi-reasonable budget that's not exactly exuberant. And I think that with the Mandalorian, you kind of have to see in scale, like because these are all characters I'm assuming that we don't know or not even assuming I, the mainstream audience, I'm 99.9% aren't going to know it. Probably any of the characters in the Mandalorian. Cause if even they are by chance, the characters we know that we're going to, you know, <laughs> the chances yeah. of the mainstream audience knowing are going to be very slim. So I think with that, this is, this is the true testing ground. The next 10, I maybe 10 years is a little too long, but I'd say the next five, six years, let's say it's really going to be the real testing ground for what exactly is the streaming service going to do for Disney? What Star Wars is going to do for it? And what exactly do these these uh, TV series or TV movies are made for TV, streaming, whatever? What benefit does it have Disney to, to keep that going? Obviously, there's a benefit because everyone's doing it. Like, literally, everyone is getting their own streaming service. And, you know, cable, t- cable television will be essentially just broadcasting sports. Uh, for the basically because they have enough you know collateral at this point to to pony up to to pay the NFL and Major League Baseball and the NBA all this money to stream their sporting events you know and, and until Amazon and you know and all those things can start ponying up more money to to exclusively broadcast those things which will eventually happen probably in the next ten years if streaming keeps growing like it is then. Right now, like everyone's doing it, and we got to see what exactly is Star Wars going to do for the streaming service for Disney. I mean, what exactly is that's the whole point? It may start out well, but what's the long term ramifications? So let's see what happens. And I just don't know, as far as the scale goes, what they could do. And that's what I'm really fascinated with the Mandalorian and the Cassian series and all these different series we're, we're hearing about. And I've, I've listened to other podcasts and, and other, sh- other shows that are, you know, more well-known than ours, like Jedi council or something. And I think Kristen Harloff had a good point saying, yeah, series and development aren't, isn't necessarily like, a, you know, an unheard of thing. It's when they go into actual production, you know, like pre-production and things like that. Like, is, is when things get really kind of crazy and when things get real, like when they start optioning these things for, you know, they, 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 when you hear the ideas that they're considering the series, that's not necessarily the, the shocking thing. And that to me is what I'm really fascinated about. And like, what exactly is going to happen? You know? And again, like, I, I still think that, you know, they're the, we're going to find out what's going to happen with episode nine. Cause I think what, what happens with episode nine is going to dictate a lot of what's going to happen too with Star Wars films going forward. Cause let's be, let's be real here. If, if we all know that the last Jedi made, made a billion dollars, right? 
but it made significantly less than episode seven. Well, that's a no brainer because obviously no episode seven made 2 billion and that's like unheard of. Right. Well, episode seven, people will argue for four and against episode eight, that it didn't make as much as it needed to be, whatever, regardless of what it is, it made, it didn't make as much as episode seven and it went down. Okay. Whatever. What's to say it's for positive, but it still made a lot of money. Okay. What what happens if episode nine makes under a billion? I'm not saying it's going to. I hope it does. Uh, it'll be considered a disappointment, no doubt. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So here's my question. So what what is if you're Lucasfilm and Disney, do you immediately say, Oh, we gotta put out a movie in two years? Or do you say, hold on, let's see what the Mandalorian does? Because the Mandalorian will be will be either either broadcasting once a week at that point, or it'll be be binge worthy. You start telling you know you start seeing the returns on the Mandalorian. What exactly is Star Wars doing right now? And you start kind of figuring out, okay, what exactly do fans want? We just got we just wrapped up the saga and it made under a billion dollars. Or is it we just wrapped, wrapped up the saga and we made almost as much as Episode Eight? So this the films are still doing great. You see what I'm saying? So we I think this this next year is a more important year for Star Wars than ever. Because it's, I think this will dictate the future of Star Wars forever, in my opinion. And maybe I'm over, maybe I'm over uh, doing it. I'm being dramatic about it. I don't know. But the more I think about it, the more this year, I mean, not 2019. Well, I know 2019, but I'd say 2019, early 2020, mostly is the important year. Because if Star Wars Episode Nine is does below a billion and they'd say 900 million total or you know just or just barely a billion and then you've got mandalorian which does respect respectable numbers but not enough that they're expecting and it all starts falling a little bit under their expectations where do you go from there and they have and they have to make a decision fairly quickly of like okay what exactly is driving our our streaming service. Do we devote all our time to streaming service Star Wars, or do we go all devote all our, all our time to, to movies? If we do both, are we spreading ourselves too thin? You got they've got to figure that out, and they can't necessarily just start pouring money to everything because he just spent a bunch of money on Fox. And I keep talking about how yes, Disney has plenty of money, but it's not like they're endless money. They, there's got to be a return at some point, right? And right now, the the latest craze is to do the streaming service that everyone's doing. And I'm I'm very curious if is is this the future? It seems like it is, and I think it is. But what happens when it doesn't make as much as it is they're they're thinking? We just don't know. And that's why I'm really fascinated to see like what what I'm trying to get at is in a long-winded answer. I apologize. Is what do they put their all their money into? You know, a Jedi Sith. If, if they're going to do a Jedi Sith story, which I think is going to be a slam dunk moneymaker regardless if you put on the streaming service or or a film in regards to toys and merchandising I, again i go back into the, the ideas of what what is the lifeblood of star wars the merchandising it's it, besides the story of course but like you know what has driven star wars for so long and made it as the biggest pop culture phenomena you know ever it's it's the merchandising it's what you can't escape it without seeing it so what's going to drive that the most? And right now we're getting Triple Force Friday, which I don't know if we've talked about yet or not nope. um, on the show, which I'm sure we'll get into. But again, what exactly is the what is what is the focus? And I think Disney right now and slash Lucasfilm, they're trying to figure out what their focus is. And right now they're wrap. Thankfully they're wrapping up the trilogy, and they don't have a movie. And I and I think maybe now looking back at Solo. 
and again, I, I don't I don't think it's Solo's fault because I think Solo had it was a perfect storm. I think they're trying to this is again, they're gonna look at this this year and say, what do we want to invest Star Wars time and money into? We know we've got the, the GOT guys, we know we got Ryan Johnson movie in the in the works. What is our focus? And I think again, where they put their focus at could be is where those GOT guys potentially could even go. I mean, I don't think so necessarily. But it's quite possible if episode nine doesn't deliver, they may devote their money into the streaming service. If if Mandalorian does like gangbusters and like, holy crap, we can't believe how many people subscribe to Disney Disney Plus and they're all watching the Mandalorian. Then they start realizing Star Wars is a driving force, but maybe it evolved in the, in the TV. I don't know if it's going to happen or not. And I don't know if I like that or not. But you have to consider that could be the possibility because this is all a business and we got to figure out where exactly Star Wars is going and I think, in my opinion, again, this is my uninformed just opinion, I think that this year, the end of this year, and early next year, is going to be the biggest time for Star Wars in a long, long time. Well, I agree that this is a big year for Star Wars for sure, but I don't think it's so sort of black and white like you're saying as if like they have to choose one or the other. I think... If the Mandalorian does well, like we're all hoping it will, I think we'll see a lot more s stuff coming to the streaming service. I mean, we know that there's already going to be the Cassian series. We know that um, there's going to, you know, potentially be this Obi-Wan series. Um, even if not, I'm sure the Cassian series won't be the last live action project that we get on the streaming service. And we've got Clone Wars. And I would imagine in the future, we'll get probably some more animated content. Um you know, whenever Resistance wraps up, I'm sure there'll probably be another Star Wars animated series that follows that. And I would bet you that'll pro I, I would be surprised if that still was airing on Disney Channel instead of that just being on the streaming service. Um, but at the same time, you know, we've got all these movies in development. Ryan Johnson's doing a trilogy still. And, you know, despite all these rumors that keep flying around about, oh, Disney's fired him or, oh, he's not going to want to do it anymore because, he, you know, he doesn't like the fans or whatever. And he keeps debunking those myths on Twitter. Um, and so we're still getting more movies from Ryan Johnson. And we're still getting movies from the Game of Thrones guys. And I think I, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure in one of those recent interviews or phone calls or whatever that Bob Iger said that they don't have plans to do Star Wars, like any direct to streaming service uh, Star Wars movies anytime soon because they still see it as right. yeah. a cinematic franchise. And I think like Star Wars always has been first and foremost a film series, and I think it always will be. I think we'll still, I, I think, I think we'll still get a lot more stuff on the streaming service. I think we'll, you know, get a lot more series and things like that. But if Episode Nine doesn't do well, I think that's a chance for them to maybe hit reset, go back to the drawing board, figure out what worked well for this trilogy and what didn't work well, and apply that with the next trilogy. I don't think they're going to give up on it and be like, oh, well, let's just devote all our time and energy to the streaming service now. I think Star Wars is always going to be a big screen movie franchise. But I think also like if episode nine makes $2 billion, they're not just going to say, Oh, let's, you know, just go back to making star Wars movies every year. Like, I think it's going to be a balance between the movies well, and the cool. streaming service. And I don't think either one of them is going anywhere anytime soon. No, I, I think you're absolutely right. And, and what I, I don't think I, let me clarify too. I don't know if it's black and white necessarily, but I think you have to seriously consider it's important because it will dictate, I think, a number of things of what they want to focus on because there's only so much money and so much, again, Lucasfilm is, is a, it's not exactly a giant 
company. You know, they can only spread themselves so thin at so, you know, so much. And I, I agree. I know what Bob Iger has said, but at the same time, they were planning on releasing a movie every year for a while. And then that changed. So to me, I think that there's more, or at least they were, they were renouncing things like crazy and they, they had no signs of stopping. I, I want to say Bob Iger was quoted as saying they plan on releasing a, a film every year and, or something like that. I could be paraphrasing or mis misquoting him. I don't know. Don't, don't tell no, me. So, I mean, somewhere back that. in the early days, it either was him or Kathleen Kennedy who did say like they were going to be doing a star Wars movie every year. Right. Um, so th th there's going to be, there's going to be changes. So you can't like, and I think you would agree as well. Like you can't take that as like to the bank, regardless of what, whatever point you're driving home but what all i'm trying to say is that i think it really depends because like here's the thing if they if it does well it doesn't have to be like if it hits their expectations then nothing changes for both of them and that's what, and i think that i, I want to make that very clear i don't think it's black and white like if they hit expectations it's not like they're going to focus on one or the other i think they just kind of go okay we're, we hit a good sweet spot it's like it's baby bear right it, it's just right and you know, Goldilocks, three bears, whatever. Uh, I love that. Term. I just want to make that very clear. I said it a lot. I gotcha. Uh, but yeah, thank you too. Uh, but what I'm saying is, is that, but if one doesn't go to what they expect and it goes a little bit more south than what they expect, one or the other, and I'm not saying one or the other is going to, but if one does, then you're going to see potentially like if, again, we got to see the disparity and I'm not saying it's going to happen. But we're also treading into some uncharted territory, and that was kind of my point, is that this is why it's a big year for Star Wars, because you've got, you know, again, you, Triple Force Friday is a great example of that, right, guys? It's like, we've got yeah. we've got three things we're promoting at once. Like, that's never happened before, ever, in Star Wars. And if one takes away from the other, what does that mean? I don't know. I don't, I don't make those decisions, thank goodness. Because if it was up to me, I'd just make, like, I just... I'd be all over the place. Like, let's make a cartoon. Let's do this. Let's do that. You know, I'd be all, you know, I'd be, I'd be crazy. But that's my point though, is that we just don't know. And in the general audience doesn't know either because they are going to be, Oh, there's a star Wars TV series and a movie coming out. That's crazy. And then how much is too much of star Wars for the mainstream audience for us. And again, Maybe the streaming service Mandalorian show is basically just for Star Wars geeks like us. And, and then we're, there's enough of us that they handle it. And that's all they want. I have no idea. And I think that's what to me is so fascinating about this is that depending on what happens with the Mandalorian episode nine and the disparities between them or the success of them, you could see them shift gears because they've already started shifting gears after solo and the last Jedi within a year. Wouldn't you agree? Well, well yeah, definitely. for sure. Um, but I think they already have shifted their focus away from just the movies to doing more stuff on the streaming service. And I mean, we don't know exactly what the whole ramifications of solo were anyways, like aside from, the you know this rumor about the obi-wan movie and just the fact that we know that they're no longer doing like a, a star wars story spinoff every year in between the main films um like we don't know what they had in production or what what they had in development like what was still in the idea stages like what other uh star wars story movies were potentially in the works that we could eventually get as um as live action series or animated series or whatever um 
So I think it'll be also interesting to see because like it could be a few years before we really find out kind of what all went down and see like the the fallout of all of this, right? Like we could be watching a series five, ten years from now on the streaming service and be find out that, oh, this was originally planned to be a spinoff film back in 2020 or something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, so certainly their their focus has already shifted this year, but I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, because any number of things could happen, right? But I think they've got themselves pretty squarely situated now where like we know that there's that there's more of a focus on the streaming service now um, and that there's going to be a big push for content on that. But we also know that we have two separate series or trilogies of films coming up that are going to be more than likely theatrical releases. So, um Again, I totally agree with you. Like, this is a big year for them on both fronts. I just don't know that it's, you know, that the success or failure of either one of those things is going to impact it enough to completely change their trajectory on either front because they seem to be pretty well set in both directions. Like, even though they've kind of scaled back on the movies thing, they're still going to be making movies, but they're also going to be making a lot of stuff for the streaming service as well. And I think that's a big win-win for all of us. Like, it, it's right. not a competition. Like, it doesn't matter, like, if there's more movies or if there's more streaming no, stuff. Absolutely. Or like, so I'm well, just excited to get to see all of it. But, but again, I think the one... The, you can't underestimate the fact is, if again... In my opinion, they're they're very because because movies right now are everything entertainment in general is in a really weird spot right now, whereas that they're almost like coming to a fork in the road where it can go one major direction and derail lots of how we've consumed media altogether through apps and and it's already happening. But I mean, we're talking like full derail with sling TV and things like that. And, and theaters right now are, are still trying to get people in and different ways to get people in. And, you know, everything's really different. And that's what, and this is where I'm, I'm, I'm just constantly like star Wars has shown some kinks in the armor in this last year, again, for, for whatever reason. And I, I agree with you and I want Star Wars to be theatrical and I think it always will, but how long we wait between films, that's going to be the true, the true question. And that's what I think episode nine will dictate. In my opinion, I think episode nine, if it does as projected around the, what it's projected to do, then they'll probably keep it, you know, as it goes, if it underperforms, then I think they really consider of giving it a break for a while. We're talking, in my opinion, that means three years at least. And that might be the which, case in general, though, even yeah, if it is successful. Yeah, we don't still know. don't know, like, is Ryan Johnson's series coming first or the Game of Thrones guys? And either. Yeah, I think either one of those movies could very well be, you know, two or three years away at this point. Um, right. But also, I think what I was saying earlier, like if even if episode nine doesn't do well, I think a lot of that is going to be attributed to the the the, um, you know, the negative criticism toward The Last Jedi. And people just kind of giving up on this trilogy as a whole, if that does happen. And so and I think, 
if that does happen, it's kind of a good thing in that it's the last chapter of the sequel trilogy. So even if it is unsuccessful, they can put it to bed and move on to it. Or- yeah, exactly. Point, and so yeah. then they can still, you know, they'd put out new movies and promote it as like a new beginning. And this is a new exactly. series and new characters. And they're going to try to draw back those people that they lost as opposed to just be like, oh, people don't like Star Wars movies anymore. We're just going to focus on the streaming service. At least that's what I would do. I also didn't think they should have completely abandoned the whole Star Wars story movie idea just because solo didn't do well because i think a lot of that you know we've talked to death about this but the fact that it was released so quickly after the last jedi and there was still such an uproar over the last jedi at the time i think solo would have done a lot better if they released it in december and so i think they should have given the whole spinoff movie thing one more shot before just shifting everything to the streaming service so who knows i'm not in charge of the marketing at disney so maybe if episode nine doesn't do well they'll do something completely different that I wouldn't have expected. So, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll just have to to wait and see. But it definitely is going to be interesting to see how all this stuff shakes out. Yeah, totally. And again, I, I'm not trying to root against either either thing. I'm super. I'm getting. I'm starting to finally really get excited for episode nine because now it's officially a celebration is next month. I'm starting to get kind of jazzed for that. And. Um, you know, and I'm getting really excited for the Mandalorian. I mean, I'm, I'm really excited for the Mandalorian. And so there's, I don't want to make it sound like I'm like, I think episode nine, I don't think episode nine is going to not do well. I think I knew, in my opinion, I think the last Jedi met expectations. I don't think it underperformed at the box office. I think it critically and fan reaction wise did not, or fan reaction wise kind of split fandom. And I, I would say that, but I don't think it underperformed and I don't think episode nine is going to underperform, but at the same time, you've got, it's going to get interesting. You know, I'm just saying hypotheticals of what ifs it could, it, it's again, it's a good, it's an interesting year. It's a big year for, cause you're, you're getting into star Wars in different ways and, and it's mm-hmm. exciting too. Don't be wrong. It's exciting. And I can't wait to dive into it all. I mean, we're going to, we're going to have content to talk forever. Right, guys? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Our our episodes in the, you know, after celebration, um, gosh, we're going to have to break it down into so many episodes that are still going to be like three hours each. It's going to be ridiculous. But um, let's move on to something that, uh, Paul, you already briefly mentioned, and that is uh, Triple Force Friday. Um, and, you know, obviously in previous years, Force Friday has always been the the day of the year as we're getting kind of close to whatever new movie is coming out that year um, where they release all the new merchandise for the first time. Um, and this year they're calling it Triple Force Friday because they're going to be uh, sort of promoting three big product lines. And that's going to be stuff for Episode Nine, for The Mandalorian, and for Jedi Fallen Order. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I was kind of surprised by this. And Tim, we talked a little, about, a little bit earlier about how, you know, maybe we were, su- we were surprised that, like, Clone Wars wasn't included in this. Um, I mean, obviously I'm not surprised that there's going to be a big marketing push for... Uh, episode nine or for the Mandalorian. I'm starting to get excited for Fallen Order, though. Like, even though we still don't know anything about it, just a couple things that I've heard here and there. Like, there was a uh, an investor call, I think, with, um, like, the president of EA, and I think it was shortly after the Bob Iger one that everybody was talking about. But he was talking about Jedi Fallen Order and just was saying really positive things about it, which, I mean, obviously you're going to want to get your investors on board anyways. And so like, I wasn't like reading too much into that, but I mean, he, it didn't just seem like, oh yeah, people are going to like this game. Like he was like singing its praises. And I was like, oh, like 
maybe this is something we should pay attention to. Um, and also just the, the fact that they're going to be pushing this on Force Friday and that there's going to be like action figures and who knows if there might be like tie-in books or comics or anything like that to go along with it. Um, it kind of reminds me of back in like 2008 when The Force Unleashed came out um, because that was like a big marketing push and they mm -hmm. had like it wasn't just the video game like they had the novel and the comic and they had Starkiller action figures and stuff like that. Um, I mean, I think that like they had a whole line of action figures of all the characters from the game. So it was like a big multi a multimedia thing um, promoting this big new Star Wars story. And I also even just saw like something on Twitter. I think it was just earlier today about and I forget who it was, but somebody was talking about um, one of the guys who was involved in writing Jedi Fallen Order. And he like just finished his work on the game. And apparently he's like some really great writer. And they were like, oh, I didn't even know this guy was involved with the game. And so I was like. You know, up to this point, and it's just because, like, we haven't really had any information on it. Like, this has been kind of lower on my radar as far as things that I'm excited about. But also, they keep hyping it up as just, like, a lightsaber-based action game. And I'm like, okay, that's going to be cool. We get to play with lightsabers. But I also really love good Star Wars stories, especially, like, in video games, too, when you get to, like, have some really cool action but also enjoy a really engaging story along with it. Um, I mean, that's, like, best of both worlds. And... I mean, up till now, I just haven't really, there hasn't been enough to like whet my appetite other than the promise of, oh, this cool lightsaber fighting game. And I'm like, okay, yeah, cool. Lightsabers, that's cool. Um, but I don't know, with just sort of some of these little rumblings that we've been hearing and the fact that there's going to be like a big merchandise push, I don't like suddenly I'm like, oh, this could be like a big thing to watch out for this year that I feel like not a lot of people are really hyped for yet. Um... And I think obviously when we find out more about it at Celebration, um, that could be kind of a turning point where now we're like, oh, wow, there's this other really big, cool Star Wars thing to look forward to this year as well. Yeah, just better start saving your credits now because, <laughs> man, Triple Force Friday, especially if there's a bunch of, you know, cool new looking characters, uh, especially for me being the trooper guy and the cool helmets that come with it. You got three things to choose from now, which I'm sure there's going to be cool looking troopers for all three of these um, stuff that's coming out this year, episode nine, the Mandalorian and fallen order, but man, it's going to be crazy. I'm just wondering too, how, you know, how much merchandise is there going to be for each, you know, uh, trying to think of the right word. I wanted to say movie, TV show and, and games to include all three, but um, just like, is they going to kind of makes it smaller for each like production like episode nine is not gonna have as many action figures as it would if it was just that's all they were promoting but they're gonna have to shrink it a little bit so they can have enough stuff on the shelves for each property that um they're trying to promote for triple force friday so that's gonna be interesting to see what the volume is for all the stuff that's coming out for all three of them and two another thing that stuck out for me was that it's gonna be on october 4th this year where i know for the force awakens and i think for the last jedi as well like, not too sure, but that was in both of those were in September, mm -hmm. um, which I always felt was a little too early to put out those merchandises for a movie that's coming out, you know, three months later. So the fact that it's, you know, it moved up a month or back a month, <laughs> however you want to look at it, um, for as far as being closer to the release of episode nine and probably the Mandalorian, I think that's a good thing because I said this before, but how once the merchandise comes out, for a new Star Wars movie, that's really a kickoff point that, man, it's really almost here. We're just about ready to see the movie now. And then when it's three months away, you don't necessarily have that feeling. So now that it's just down to two months away, that feels a lot better where 
that episode nine will be a lot closer. So that's another thing I was glad to see. But this was kind of came as a shock to me, the scene that they're going to be doing at Triple Force Friday. Kind of like you said, Kyle, just really putting an emphasis on Jedi Fallen Order this year, how it is going to be, you know, marketed as one of the big Star Wars events, which, you know, as we were talking about in our episodes of what we're looking forward to 2019, it was it would always come up, but it was never one of our, you know, most anticipated things that was coming in Star Wars. You know, it was either Mandalorian, Episode Nine, or the Clone Wars, and that's enough in itself. But now you throw in um, Fallen Order into the mix as one of those big tentpole releases for 2019. It's going to be, you know, pretty cool to have that in the mix as well. But like I said, it's really going to hurt the wallets if there's a lot of cool merchandise. I mean, mm-hmm. we're we're just talking about toys, but man, there's going to be hopefully cool T-shirts and I'm sure books and all all the stuff that comes with new Star Wars merchandise day. It's going to be crazy, but it's going to be fun. But I, now I got to try to decide where I'm going to go now because Toys R Us was always my stop <laughs> for the midnight releases, but Toys R Us isn't around anymore. Even yeah, though I know they're trying to true. make a comeback, but I don't know what's going to be in time for Triple Force Friday, so I might have to camp out at a Target or Walmart this time. But should be fun nonetheless. It's always a fun night, even certain times where i go for a midnight release i don't get a good haul it's just you know fun to experience with other fellow fans and just see some of the new merchandise you never come out empty-handed even though you may not get what you were hoping for always come back with something it's always fun so should be no different this year especially when you got (laughs) three properties to promote this time yeah definitely i think there's going to be a really i'm really interested what they're going to do because they're going to have to I just don't know how much time material they're going to have and, and what we can expect from every release. And and let me explain what I mean by that is I, I think they're going to limit what comes out for each uh, property that's coming out. Like for instance, for black series action figures and three and three quarter action figures, you're not going to get a crap load from each fran- you know, each property you're going to mm-hmm. get probably what's say, well, let's do it in black series figures to so keep it simple. Okay. And that's like mainly because that's what I, I'm, I'm going to want to buy or ask for for Christmas or whatever. But the man, let's go to Mandalorian. It's pretty, it's probably going to, I'm expecting only two black series figures from that series by itself. Okay. The Mandalorian himself or herself or, and another character from that that's a main character or whatever. And that's it. Fall in order. I think if you're if you're gonna put out toys, the Mandalorian, I think it's a foregone conclusion. He's too cool looking, cool looking of a character. You're gonna have to put him on a black series figure, and everyone's gonna, everyone's gonna want him, right? So let's put that up. Which is, I think that's a foregone conclusion. Jedi Fallen Order. I'm not sure it's a it's a foregone conclusion that you're gonna put out black series figures of that character necessarily, but. I think you could say maybe a comic book series or a book series could be released on that same time or, or maybe just one action figure from that whole property. Okay. But I think you're going to see more tie in material as far as books and comics and things like that with the game, just like the previous games, like, um, Oh my gosh. Uh, what's their, what's the, uh, the infernal squad Squad and the one before that, um, twilight company. Yeah, Twilight Company. I couldn't remember the could never. Yeah. Megan and Saf from my other podcast would be very upset with me because uh, <laughs> I totally forgot. They love that book, Twilight Company. So yeah, so we've already got an established like thing of like, oh hey, like these characters already are, or these these properties already got another shot with different books and things like that with the games. 
And but thinking about it this way, when when Battlefront Two came out, there wasn't anything with Battlefront Two because it came out pretty close to uh, Episode Eight, obviously. And there they had some action figures, but they're all exclusives with GameStop. Remember? So what I'm wondering is, will there be will there be more exclusives with each store? Or will they be again? Or they they keep it very simple? I think either way they're going to keep it simple. But I I also wonder how much time material you're going to give each property yeah. out there. Are you going to give like it's because usually an episode uh, episodic film comes out even no matter what like any kind of film comes out. There's usually a bunch of books that come out with it. Rogue One had what one maybe, um, with everything, but. And plus, too, for all the movies, all, like, the main book stuff comes out the day after the mm-hmm. movie comes out. So that could be something for Triple Force Friday to supplement with, you know, The Mandalorian or Fallen Order. But didn't – I mean, haven't there been – there have been, like, tie-in novels, though, because I think didn't Aftermath come out on Force Friday – and yeah um, like the journey to the force awakens journey to the yeah last jedi. yeah yeah and then like the phasma novel i think came out on yeah. force friday for the last jedi and all that kind of stuff um but i think so first of all i think my prediction as far as black series figures go because that's also the thing i'm most interested in as far as collecting wise um I so my prediction would be I think we're gonna get a wave of six figures on on Force Friday because I think that's pretty typically I think they come out in waves of like five or six usually, um, especially the big releases, um, and I think it's gonna be Ray, Finn, Kylo, and Poe, and then I think it's gonna be the main character from The Mandalorian, and the main character from Fallen Order. Um. Yeah. If they're really wanting to push Fallen Order as like a big story based thing. Um, and then, it, I mean, if not, they possibly could do a different character from uh, the Mandalorian instead. But yeah, I think w- like one from Mandalorian, one from Fallen Order. Um, and then, um, but yeah, I think like tie in novels, comics, all that kind of stuff for <coughs> everything is pretty much a guarantee. Um, yeah, and then I, yeah. I think most of the action figures and stuff is going to be focused on episode nine, but, um, yeah, I think we'll probably get like a little bit from, from the Mandalorian, a little bit from fallen order potentially. Um, but, but what's interesting is, is that the fact that they included fallen order with triple force Friday, we could have done that with battlefront. And I'm wondering it could mean two things, in my opinion. Again, I, I love my hypotheticals. My my boss often calls me a conspiracy theorist, you know, <laughs> and I, I and I, I think I understand what he's talking about because Tim is probably him and I have would would go down so many rabbit holes. And I I and to oh, be yes. fair, uh, Tim, to be fair, I think I'd force you along with me more than you would really go along <laughs> with me. But it was always a have... fun ride, though, down the hallway. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> see, see, that's a nice way of saying Tim saying yes. So you're right. <laughs> uh, but that's fine. That's fine. But in, in, my, in my opinion, I think that that can mean two things. It's one or the other, in my opinion. And maybe I'm wrong. But I think it either means that they regretted not tying Battlefront 2 with Episode 8, possibly. Like, oh man, we made a mistake of not trying to, you know, sell more merchandise with Force Friday with Battlefront with that. Or 
they like be, they they want to make it a bigger deal because of of having it with episode nine and saying you know what like episode like Battlefront two has has an EA has kind of a negative connotation we need to really generate buzz and we and we know that there's a lot more marketability marketability with these characters so I kind of think it's like one or the other or maybe it's a combination of both but I I wonder if Battlefront two's reaction and maybe not tying it in directly with episode eight might've like made them kind of rethink that whole thing. Cause I find it curious that Jedi fallen order is part of it. And also we don't know when it's released, right? We don't know when the game's released. What I'm wondering is a game get released that weekend. Well, I don't think too, so. But um, I'm pretty it's sure. It's probably the same month. I would think. Well, I think it's supposed to be November. Um, I mean, they haven't announced a release date yet, but I guess that's just my guess based on when the first two Battlefront games have come out. And I mean, I think they said like holiday 2019, which usually means like in time for uh, like Black Friday. Um, yeah. But I don't think, oh gosh, I'm trying to remember. I think I saw like a tweet somewhere where somebody said that doesn't necessarily mean that the game comes out on triple force friday because that's i mean that was one thing that i thought of at first i was like wait is are they saying just like products for episode nine in the mandalorian and then the game is coming out on this day but i think it's going to be more tie-in marketing stuff and i think another possible reason that they're doing that when they didn't really do that for battlefront is even though they really pushed the fact that battlefront 2 had a story campaign um you know looking back on it now like a year later like, who really plays that game for the story campaign? Like, I think by most people's standards, the story was kind of mediocre. And even if you really enjoyed it, I mean, it's only like a five-hour single-player campaign in a game that really is intended to be multiplayer. Whereas with Fallen Order, I mean, we have no idea, like, how long the story's going to be or anything. But if it's like a longer, like, you know, 10 to 12-hour, like, kind of action-adventure game story with really interesting characters and stuff then maybe they're thinking like these are characters that people are going to get more invested in and actually would want to buy like merchandise of and stuff like that mm -hmm. i also think too that lucasfilm knows that as we do as fans that this is such a big year for star wars with so much great content coming out might as well try to capitalize on that and really promote that aspect but this is like a year for star wars like no other so it's just triple down in this case and really go out, go all out there with the merchandise and just really try to promote the uniqueness of the year of 2019. It just being such a huge year for star Wars content also. Yeah, definitely. I, I for me, I I'll be honest, this is going to be a tough year because I mean, I really there's things we're trying to save up for this year, um, big life changing things. And, and it's like, I I'm already like grieving, that month so i'm like i'm gonna have to basically like sell my kidney to like <laughs> even get stuff that i want to get like during that time frame right i'm like i'm trying to save a bunch of money and i'm just like uh, i really want to get a bunch of stuff i hate being a consumer why can't i just not care about it <laughs> yeah i do i love it so much well and then so, there, yeah. there's gonna be the stuff to buy at uh the Disney parks too, which we'll get to a little oh, bit later, no. but um, <laughs> oh yeah, you gotta throw that in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, my my wallet hurts just thinking about that by itself. Um, but anyway, um, well, speaking of Fallen Order, I was gonna get to just talking about um some announcements that they've made for Celebration. Um, first of which is that there will be a Jedi Fallen Order panel 
on Saturday, April 13th, and that's going to be where the game really has its kind of first big reveal. Um, they announced it, I forget, I think it was at E3 last year, right? Um, but it was like a real low key, like they were interviewing a guy who's like a producer on the game and he was like in the audience of the yeah. crowd that was watching <laughs> the EA so stage show where they announced like the Clone yeah. Wars stuff for Battlefront and stuff. And so, I mean, it was like, you know, not even like a big official announcement. Um, so this is going to be them finally like blowing the lid off and like the full blown reveal of the game. I'm sure we'll get a trailer. Um, probably going to be like Battlefront where this will probably be more focused on like the story and stuff. And we'll just get like a, a trailer showing what the story of the game is about. And then we'll probably get actual gameplay footage at E3. Um, but it'll be cool to, uh, finally have like some f official details and, uh, you know, footage and images and stuff from the game to be able to look at. Um, so again, that's Saturday at Celebration. Um, and then also, uh, celebration going to be wrapping up on, I think it's, it's for the Monday, right? Is the Phantom Menace panel? Yep. Yeah. So the final day of celebration, which actually is Monday this year instead of Sunday, um, will be like a 20th anniversary celebration of the Phantom Menace. Um, which, you know, I'm sure that'll be really cool to see. Um, I'd be interested to see how many like actors they're able to get back. Um, cause I wouldn't rule out them maybe having like a surprise appearance from either Liam Neeson and, or Ewan McGregor at that panel. Yeah. I mean, first off, this is a panel. I think we all would agree had to happen at this year's celebration, mm -hmm. <laughs> celebrating the 20th oh, anniversary sure. of the Phantom Menace, but the date of it just seems weird Monday. And we know the last days of cons are usually, you know, kind of the, less important days when it comes to news or big panels. It's mainly almost I like the figures like the shopping days, like your last chance to get stuff you really want and to walk the main floor. So it is kind of strange that it is being held for the last day and, and on a Monday too, which, you know, there might be a lot of those who are attending who might have to leave early that day or even on that Sunday to start the work week the following day. So it just seems to me weird and, to put it on that date and also a little disappointing where it might not be as big as I was hoping it would be. Like you were mentioning, maybe having some of the big stars like Ewan McGregor or Liam Neeson or, you know, I, I kind of doubt Natalie Portman would even go if it wasn't <laughs> on a Monday. But um, so I don't know. It just seems like a strange day. Almost. I don't want to say this is the case, but almost like, okay, let's get the Phantom Menace panel in here, but let's put it on, you know, the last day of the show because I mean, it's not going to be, on a lot the high priority list for a lot of fans which i don't think is the case i mean if they were to put it on a friday saturday or sunday panel i think there'd be quite a big turnout for it and hopefully that'll still be the case for that monday as well because you know there's a lot of people who are excited to celebrate the 20th anniversary of the phantom menace and to see those who are involved with it um be in attendance and be one of the panelists there so um i don't know i'm glad it's happening but just that monday date just makes me takes a little bit you know of the it seems like a little like it'll be a little lackluster the enthusiasm as of for it because i saw a lot of reaction on twitter from fans saying oh i don't know if i'm gonna be able to go to this now or I'm glad it's happening but i might have to skip it because i have to catch my flight that monday so oh it just sounded like it wasn't part of the main priority panels even though it is happening so i don't know it was kind of a mixed feelings for me glad it's happening but wish it was kind of being on one of those more busier dates of celebration but um to look at it at a different way though on a more positive note it could just be something where 
we know the celebration has so much cool stuff to look forward to. It just could be something where each day there's a big event, and maybe just for the the last day, the Phantom Menace happens to fall on the that Monday and the final day of it, just because there's just so much stuff they had to cram into the other days of the celebration weekend. So, but in regardless of it, just cool that it is actually happening. Because, like I said, I felt that this was a must, and it had to happen for Celebration Chicago to celebrate the Phantom Menace's 20th anniversary. Because I truly do think it is one of the big things of 2019 of Star Wars to look to be excited about and to celebrate is 20 years of episode one. So yeah, cool that it finally got announced. Yeah, definitely. And I would kind of go with the latter from what you were just talking about. Like I, I think it probably is just the fact that, I mean, the fact that celebration is even going five days this year instead of uh, just the usual four, I think is just a testament to how much stuff is going on this year for star Wars and how much stuff they've got to talk about. Um, and so you could kind of see this being on a Monday as like it kind of being put on the back burner or the day when not as many people are going to be able to be there. But I, I it's also kind of, you know, the day that's closing out the whole show. Um, you know, usually they have the closing ceremonies on Sunday, but I mean, I don't know if that's still going to be on Sunday this year or if it's going to be on Monday. And this is still like, you know, the last day of the show and there's still big stuff going on. So um, I would choose to look at it more that way. I mean, there's still you know, there's just so much other stuff that they've got going on for the whole rest of that weekend. Um, I mean, just to kind of recap, we've got episode nine, obviously, which is going to be sort of the big main thing, but then you've also got the Mandalorian. We've got Fallen Order. We've got Clone Wars. I'm sure there'll probably also be a panel for season two of Resistance. Um, and then, you know, there's going to be, I'm sure, new books and comics and stuff announced. And then, like you mentioned earlier, Tim, that's not even including panels where they may announce new stuff that we don't know about yet. I mean, we know that there are um, potentially more live action series in the works. We know for sure that there are more movies in the works. And we could possibly get an announcement of like what Ryan Johnson's next trilogy is going to be. Or maybe get a few details on the Cassian Andor series or an announcement of an Obi-Wan series or something like that. So, um there's going to be just a huge amount of stuff going on. But I mean, again, even just the stuff that we do have announced, um, you know, again, episode nine, the Mandalorian fallen order and clone wars. Like you could have a major panel for each of those things, each of the different, like, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, I'm assuming episode nine will probably be the big kickoff on Thursday again. Um, and then I don't um, know. I don't know about that because wasn't wasn't it announced that they were gonna do something? Or there's, there's an there's like an investment or not an investment? Is there something? Didn't, didn't uh, what's his name Bob Iger say they're gonna do like a sneak peek for Mandalorian on on like the Thursday of that week? Isn't isn't there something on that same day like an investment meeting that well, same not, day? Oh, I don't I'm know. I'm not sure when it is. I just know they're supposed to have like the big Disney plus preview and demonstration oh yeah 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 but i'm not sure i I never remembered if it was the same week as celebration though i knew it was it was but it was okay it's 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 that thursday i'm almost positive Mm. Hmm. so maybe the mandalorian will kick it off (laughs) well and that's what i'm wondering because but isn't it but doesn't it start i thought it starts on thursday but it goes friday saturday sunday monday right but i thought no 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 but i thought thursday was the open floor day not necessarily that's where I'm trying to figure out. I need to research that a little bit more. But oh, either way, be. I don't know. 
Well, but either way, let's assume that it, let's just say that Mandalorian is there's no panel for it. Do we get a trailer on that Thursday? I think it's pretty possible because if they're unveiling Disney Plus stuff for the, the for the the shareholders, um, I think it's almost it's guaranteed they're going to put the Mandalorian on something on that day. I mean, we're getting the Mandalorian something that weekend, obviously. Yeah. Oh yeah. But no, I mean, and I don't like, I don't think it necessarily has to be the same day that the shareholders are seeing it because it's not going to like leak online. I don't know, man. Because uh, we've seen we've we've heard reports from things like that before, where it was like a secret like Disney shareholder meeting or something like that, where they saw footage from, you know, a movie or something like that. And it's not like Comic-Con where everybody's recording it on their phones. This is like a select few group of executives that want to, like, protect their business interests. So sure. there's probably going to be leaked descriptions of it online, but I highly doubt that, like, a trailer is going to get leaked ahead of time. Okay. I mean, I, um, I have no, I have no idea, but I'm gonna say it's possible. Yeah, I would, I would just imagine that they would want to have the episode nine trailer be the big thing that kicks off the weekend. Um, right. I, I mean, I could be wrong, but I mean, obviously, we're definitely going to be having panels for both things and be getting our first look at footage from both of those things that weekend. I just don't think it necessarily needs to coincide with whenever the investors are looking at it. Everybody else is going to be too distracted by the episode nine trailer to notice. So, you know, my friend, a friend of mine made a really good point and I don't know why I'm, I'm making him nameless, but I'll just, I'll just say this. He had a good point. And, um, actually I'll just tell you, it's Sean from my, 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 my other podcast. I don't know why I'm protecting him. I didn't know. If, <laughs> I'm not sure if he was saying it. I don't remember if he said this in confidence or not, but he had, it wasn't like it was a secret, but he was, he just said, think about it. Would you want it? Would you want the Mandalorian to overshadow episode nine? Yeah, absolutely. And not. I don't it, think it, it will. No, no, but no. But you don't want but, them competing with each other, it, right? Exactly. So what I'm saying is, would you want to unveil? But let's just hypothetically say, and he had a good point. Like you wouldn't necessarily, you know, as a business person, you wouldn't want to follow up. You wouldn't want to have the episode nine go on first, and then everyone be all excited, and then the Mandalorian blow it away right afterwards, and to steal your thunder. You'd almost want the opposite because you'd want the Mandalorian to, you know, this is this is why I he can kind of convince me that it could potentially come out that Thursday because if you put out the Mandalorian first thing, everyone's already excited about the Mandalorian, or everyone's all buzzing about it, and then Episode Nine could come in and kind of continue the fun kind of a thing, and and it's not going to be overwhelmed or get get swept under the rug or have to. Uh, follow um you know episode nine or whatever so you know what i mean or uh, follow the mandalorian in case the mandalorian they blow everyone away you know what i'm saying like mm -hmm. you kind of temper your enthusiasm if you broadcast it that same day so when he told me that i was like that's a really good point i didn't think about it like like, like that because you don't want episode nine to have like to, again we don't know what trailer is going to be Assuming we're gonna, I, I'm assuming we're gonna get a trailer for Mandalorian. That's almost a foregone conclusion. But like, we don't want to have episode nine follow up something, or have you know, go out on top, you know, go out first and be like, ha ha, we're so great. And then Mandalorian comes out, and everyone just doesn't care about. And not saying that would happen, but you would steal a lot of the thunder from episode nine by going right afterwards. So you, 
You see what I'm saying? So I, I to- no, I totally see what you're saying. But I think for that to be the case, for episode nine to re- or for the Mandalorian to really like steal the attention away from episode nine after we've seen the trailer, it would have to be a really dull trailer for episode nine and a really awesome trailer for the Mandalorian. So, I mean, I trust Disney to make that call, but I think they're both going to be really impressive. And I think overall episode nine is still the thing that people are most hyped for. And if you think back to the last celebration we were all at together in Anaheim in 2015, and I know we didn't have, you know, a live action series that year, but I mean, we had some awesome stuff like the first look at Battlefront. We We had the Rebels, uh, not just the Rebels season two panel, but the premiere of uh, of the Siege of Lothal and all of us seeing, you know, Vader and Ahsoka on screen together for the first time. and then, you know, seeing the uh, the Bad Batch Clone Wars arc and just, you know, all kinds of awesome stuff that we got to experience that weekend. Um, and But we, it kicked off with the, the Force Awakens trailer. And not only was that the thing that people were still most excited about, but that really set the tone for the whole weekend. You know, it's like we all were standing in line waiting for Rebels and for clone wars and for all this other stuff and talking about the episode seven trailer like i can't tell you how many times i heard like that sound effect from the end of the trailer where the millennium falcon is flying into the tunnel and the tie fighters shooting at it from that second trailer that they released at celebration like you could hear that on like half a dozen people's phones around you every time you were in line um And I think that really just helped to kick things off and set the excitement level and set the tone for the weekend. And so I, I would think that would be the smart thing to do. Um, Not that you can really go wrong either way. I mean, I don't like, regardless of how they choose to do it, I don't think, I still think episode nine is going to be the biggest thing coming out of this. I think that's going to be the thing people are talking about the most. Again, unless either it's not that impressive or unless the Mandalorian really blows us away. But still, I mean, kind of what I was getting back to earlier, like Star Wars is still first and foremost a film franchise, and that's the thing they're going to put the most emphasis on. And even if they doesn't start off with the episode nine panel to kick things off, it wouldn't be the first time, because I know 2017 was a special occasion with the 40th anniversary of Star Wars, and that's what kicked off celebration with a bang and then followed up with the last Jedi panel. And it was different because it wasn't like announcing anything new or showing a new trailer at the 40th anniversary panel, but it was still pretty special. Even though we weren't in attendance, just watching on the stream, it was pretty awesome. (laughs) But, and that got everything off on a high note. And I think it still continued with the last Jedi. So even if they decide to start off with the Mandalorian, maybe billing it as, you know, the first look at, the first live action Star Wars TV series to kick off the celebration. And then you follow that up with uh, the episode nine panel the next day. I think it could still work in the, on that front too, but you know, either way, uh, we're not going to be complaining of what we get first. I don't think <laughs> that, w- that weekend, as far as trailers goes and what days, what, um, but just looking forward to hearing those official panel dates. So we can get an idea of what to, to expect at a celebration and just get, that much more excited and just, you know, mark those dates on the calendars. No way we can see the Mandalorian. No way we can see episode nine. We know what we're seeing fall in order. So we just got to get those other big details locked down. It should be a blast. But going back to the Phantom Menace thing, you're the perfect person to ask Paul, since you're the one going to celebration amongst the three of us, is that a panel you're going to be going to, or is that Monday date kind of affect you broadly to attend it or not? Well, 
it's funny you should ask, Tim, because uh, I I am staying the whole time, and I've taken a lot of time off of work that my boss is very unhappy about, um, <laughs> and that is a uh, that is one day that I I plan on. I probably will go to it. I to be honest, start this celebration is like I just I don't know what what's gonna happen. Like there's, it's I I feel this is gonna be the most insane celebration I've been to. I've been to two now. And I feel like they've gotten, they've they've all been pretty insane, but I My feel like this Florida was a disaster as far as lines and well, oh yeah, it, it was it, that was that was a disaster. But I I I didn't go in a lot of lines to be honest. I kind of I managed to go in different places and you know and and be the right place, right time for a couple of things. So that was really helpful, but. But as far as like, I, I, I'm just talking about just straight news. Cause I think with, because you have the Mandalorian of Jedi fallen order, you've got episode nine plus all the other probably book and comic book announcements you're going to get there. It's going to be a really crazy and things are going to be, people are going to be all over the place and looking at things. And it's going to be just, I think it'd be a lot of people there. I, you know, Chicago is a big city, you know, bigger than Orlando and, you know, it's, I just think it's going to be insane. And I, I just don't, I, I probably will be there. And I'm, I, I didn't, I haven't really been following the announcements as much as much as I should be in regards to everything that they're coming out with. But, but yeah, I'll probably end up going to that. I, I, I've, I've said on this podcast and hopefully on a future commentary hmm, uh, that, uh, <laughs> that uh my appreciation for the phantom menace has only grown over the years and i and i really do have fallen in love with that movie so i i would love to hear people talk about that movie and, and maybe i don't think i don't i don't anticipate a uh liam neeson or uh uh or ewan mcgregor to show yeah. up but I, i'd welcome it i would love it but i don't i don't think it's gonna happen but i i definitely am probably will end up going to it cool well that just makes me anticipate your firsthand report on our episode when we do all the recaps. Absolutely. Of all this stuff, so. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then just the last thing I wanted to bring up about Celebration is the um, the official art prints um, and all the you know artists that have got their like exclusive art pieces in the, the art show for Celebration um, was announced on StarWars.com along with a gallery of all the uh, the show exclusive pieces that these artists have done. And as always, I mean, this is always one of my favorite things about Celebration, especially for not actually being able to go, just like cool stuff that you can enjoy mm -hmm. from home and yeah. just look at. Um, there's just some fantastic art pieces in here. Um, and I know, you know, Tim, there's one with like clones that I know, you know, was a favorite of yours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just this one at the top of the gallery here with Maul. And it's like not even scenery in the background, but kind of like iconography that's really reminiscent of uh, Malachor. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. I absolutely love. Um, of course, like I said, I, I was on a Twilight of the Apprentice kick again the other day and just, you know, anything related to just Maul and Malachor and Rebels and all that just so awesome to see um but man there's just so many great pieces in here if you guys haven't seen this yet uh definitely check it out there's another one that i really like that just showcases like all the different uh alien like pirate pilots and generals and stuff from the rebellion um you've got like akbar and radis and hera and zeb and chewy in there um and they're all kind of like in the shape of the rebellion logo 
Um, but yeah, just lots of great pieces in there and lots of awesome work by some really great artists. Yeah, I mean, like you, I agree, this is always one of the highlights of celebration for those who go and aren't able to go to seeing what these great talented artists have come up with each celebration is so cool. And yeah, that one called Pack Hunt by Christy with the Wolfpack clone troopers, you know, doing skydiving from a transport onto some super battle droids with their blasters in hand. It just looks so, so cool. So yeah, coming to no surprise to nobody, that would be my favorite. But another standout one was uh, Guidance from the Wolves by uh, Kayla Croft with Ahsoka, and, you know, as in her outfit that we saw her in the series finale of Rebels with the Loth Wolves. And, you know, how much we love Loth Wolves on the show. And just, mm-hmm. just a great visual of this scene. Three Loth Wolves on a grassy plains with some clouds and mountains in the background. And you've got Ahsoka in her Gandalf the White costume <laughs> that we saw her in. And this is a really cool art piece and would look really great hanging on any wall. So, yeah, just two of many great pieces that are going to be on display at Celebration, just like every year that there is a celebration. There's so many cool pieces to choose from. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, like I said, even if you're not going to Celebration, I highly recommend just checking that gallery out. I mean, we can't do it justice by just sitting here and describing each one of them. Yeah, but, um, yeah definitely go take a look and uh, just check out all this cool Star Wars artwork. Um all right. Well, and then one other thing I wanted to bring up, um, not really related to celebration or anything, but uh, just an update on Star Wars Battlefront 2. Uh, the Chosen update was just released this past week, um, bringing Anakin Skywalker into the game, um, along with the 501st Legion and the Coruscant Guard Clone Trooper appearances. And I don't know if you guys have gotten a chance to play as Anakin yet, but he is a beast. He is maybe too overpowered, depending on who you ask. But boy, is he fun to play. Nice. Um, I, I got to purchase him. Thank goodness. The most important part of this update for me, lacking credits in the game, was the 60,000 free ones they gave you, which allowed me to purchase Anakin and a 501st uh, skin pack for the Clone Troopers, which in itself looks awesome. But I've only played Anakin in um, arcade mode, where I just set up my own battle scenario and got to you know, wipe out battle droids with them, which was just fun in itself. But I tried doing a hero versus villain match, but uh, by the time I got to a hero's Anakin was already picked, but it allowed me to be Obi-Wan, which I'm not going to complain about <laughs> as well. But Anakin was fun just to playing against the computer AI and just using his force abilities was so cool. <laughs> I have not had a chance to play with Anakin yet, but I've used this opportunity to get to level up my Obi-Wan. So that's, what's been nice. I haven't, yeah. Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan's always open now. I'm like, yep. that's fine. I'll <laughs> yeah. Not the same thing. I actually, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say, I actually got my Obi-Wan to level 40 the other day. Um, You suck. You're good. I'm like, I'm I'm all happy I got it to level three those two days ago. I'm like, I'm doing pretty well, I think. And then you have like freaking Caliber. I got him to level 40. Yeah, I've been playing as Obi-Wan a lot. But also, you know what? Because I mean, you guys know how much I love doing the Starfighter Assault. Oh, and that was that, that was always okay. my go-to game mode. And then occasionally, like I would play a lot of strike and uh, you know extraction and stuff like that. But pretty much, I feel like for most of like last year, um, like Starfighter Assault and Strike were kind of my go-to modes. And then occasionally Galactic Assault. 
Um, but I feel like ever since they've started re uh, releasing the new heroes, um, you know, ever since like Grievous came out back in October, I've been playing a lot of heroes versus villains because I just love playing with all the new prequel era heroes and getting them leveled up. And also when the game first came out, I didn't know what I was doing with the heroes and I would just get my butt kicked all the time. And now that I've actually, you know, spent some time practicing with them, um, it's a lot more enjoyable and I tend to do better. So, um, yeah, that's what, like, my, my Obi-Wan and Grievous and Dooku and now Anakin are all, you know, already some of my highest level heroes. Um, not quite Anakin yet. I think I've only got him at, like, 14 or something. But still, I mean, for him just having come out, I've been able to put in a decent amount of work with him. Um, well, I, I think I also heard they're trying to do a a, um, a blast kind of version of Heroes versus Villains. And I agree, because I, I don't like when someone becomes the target and they just they just jump around the entire time yeah or when they're boba fett them. and you're you know on a map like star killer base that's out in the open and he just flies around in circles the entire time yeah and it's just exactly i've had to deal with that where i had i was chasing maul and i kept trying to cut him off and it was just like ugh. and he just went in circles literally around and star killer and just went around the whole mm -hmm. time and i remember like or I was watching Star Wars HQ. Hey guys, um, and uh, they they said that they're they're working on a a blast version of of Heroes versus Villains, and I was like, oh yeah, let's let's do that. So how fun would that be? If it was kind of not a free for all, but it would be you know you just just taking out the other heroes and villains and whatnot. So that'd be a lot more fun that way, in my opinion. So yeah, I I. I I, I will eventually get to Anakin. I'm just going to wait and see. It's like Dooku and and Anakin. I just haven't been able to chance to go and, and play them because everyone else gets them. And that's fine because I've been playing Grievous and Obi-Wan and I love playing them. So mm -hmm. good. Um, yeah, well, that's been a lot of fun so far. And then uh, next month is when um, they're coming out with the new game mode that actually was supposed to come out in this update originally, but it ended up getting pushed back to next month. Um, but that's going to be like the big, large game mode that's got the command posts and the capital ships and all that good stuff. And they also announced that there's going to be uh, two new reinforcement classes coming with that as well. Um, and they haven't announced what those are yet, but there's been a lot of speculation from people that it's either going to be like arc troopers or uh, clone commandos for the Republic and then maybe commando droids. Um, or something like that for the separatists. They have, uh, they did confirm that it's not droidicas because that's the one thing that everybody wants to see. Um, that they haven't been able to uh, add in yet. But um, yeah, it should be even more awesome new stuff coming in the next month or so from uh, Battlefront 2. And then hopefully sooner than later, we'll get like an updated roadmap of, um, you know, what other content they plan on adding for the rest of this year. Because um, it's been a while since we've gotten, um, you know, sort of a, a big sort of projected future roadmap aside from just, you know, the Obi-Wan and Grievous and Anakin and Dooku and Geonosis. And so now that we've got all that stuff, um, I'm interested to see what else they've got planned for the rest of this year. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, you know, some fun stuff going on there with Battlefront. Um, and now we get to kind of the big topic of the episode, um, although we've already had quite a bit to talk about, but... yeah. Just out of the blue, it seemed like this past week, we got a whole bunch of details released on the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge uh, theme park expansion that's coming to Disneyland and Disney World. And um, 
I'm actually going to turn it over to Tim to kind of take the lead on this one because, Paul, I don't know about you, but I haven't had time to even read all of these articles yet. Um, but this has been reported on Entertainment Weekly and a bunch of other sites um, where, I mean, there's enough information here to fill like several separate different articles talking about everything from the rides to just the aesthetics of the park and the costumes that the cast members are wearing to, you know, the food and the drinks that you can buy and the merch that you can buy and all that kind of stuff. Um, I have read some of this stuff and the stuff that I have read sounds very promising, but Tim, why don't you go ahead and give us the full scoop? Yeah. So this is pretty much the galaxy's edge kickoff as far as promotion for it, I guess, because like you said, Disney invited tons of different outlets to experience the land firsthand and yeah, tons of reports out there. I'm going off of entertainment weeklies cause I felt they had the best breakdown of separating the articles for each aspect of galaxy's edge. So I guess I'll start off with the rides because that's what I was most curious about as far as getting more details on how they're going to work. And they didn't deliver the full details as far as everything, especially for Rise of the Resistance, but they gave us enough you know, information to, to get me excited anyway for it. But um, the first one is for Smuggler's Run. And I guess to start off, first thing that surprised me is that I'm just saying the Millennium Falcon that we've seen tons of pictures of, concept art, of it being in Galaxy's Edge, it's actually not at the entrance of it, which maybe others thought this, but I thought of it as well, where that's going to be kind of like you're welcome, you're welcoming to uh, Galaxy's Edge is that you see the Falcon as you walk in. So, but in this article, it says that it's kind of, you know, further down in Galaxy's Edge of or Batu as the planet's going to be known as. And you kind of have to walk your way through certain areas of it till you get to the Smuggler's One ride. So it wasn't actually going to be at the entrance and the kickoff point to welcomes you and your grand entrance into Galaxy's Edge. So that was a little surprising to me. But um, once you get there and it kind of breaks down how like the queue line is going to work and how they're going to try to make it very interactive for guests waiting online because, you know, it's going to be a long line. But um, I think it said it starts off with where you're, see the falcon outside and you kind of work your way around it you go inside um this this hangar that's there and the whole premise of it is that um chewy is working with hondo they're kind of using him uh to kick off this uh smuggling business but they don't want to use the word smuggling you know the shipping business and they're using him to supply weapons to the resistance and that's where you come in and you go on the falcon and once you do as you're walking through, they compare it to Indiana Jones, the ride where you walk through the temple. There's certain certain things that you see that get you prepared for the ride. It's going to be like that with this, where you're seeing as you make your way in the hangar, there's these video monitors that you see that you could see the Falcon outside. I think you can see it take off to go to the docking bay when you actually get on the ride. So all this stuff to really make it immersive that you're actually boarding the Falcon. But the really cool stuff, I think, kicks off once you get on board the Falcon. And they said they give you these, like a flight group number uh, for your party that's gonna go on the ride. And as you're on the Falcon, they're gonna give you some time to kind of hang out and take pictures and explore the main, er, the iconic area of the Falcon where the degeneric table is, uh, the bench and the chair that Han sits in. That's that whole area that they know fans would wanna hang out there for a little bit, take pictures and have some fun in there. So you wait there a little bit and then they'll call your group number and that's when you actually go on the ride. And as they highlighted before, it is going to be where each person who's on the ride has their own unique role. And they have confirmed that I think the maximum amount of number is going to be six 
So you could have two, one person being the pilot, you have two be the or the pilot and the gunner, and then you have two people being uh, or actually there's two pilots, two gunners, and two engineers. And it just sounds like so much fun. I just love how they're making it where everyone has a role. Someone's going to be the pilot. You got someone to be the gunner. And if you do bad, you get hit by TIE fighters. Uh, the engineers who are going to be in the back, they have to hit some buttons to repair the Falcon to get it um, in, be in better shape and <laughs> repair the damage. So I just love that aspect. I think it's going to be so cool. And as we already know, it says it's going to score you um, at the end of it. And it's going to go into an app, which I'll get to in a little bit later. But I just love the whole aspect of how the Falcon ride is going to work. And uh, maybe you should already think about it now, but if we go just the three of us, hopefully we'll go with more friends of ours. But if it's just the three of us, I think it's got to be Kyle, you got to be the pilot, and then either me or Paul could be the gunner or <laughs> the engineer. Because judging by your skills on Battlefront, you got to take it to this next level on the Falcon <laughs> and really seriously. fight it. So, <laughs> but I just can't wait to experience that with you guys. It's going to be so, so much fun. And just adding Hondo into the mix and into the story of it is cool. And I was, I don't know if you guys, well, I talked to you, Kyle, I know you saw it, but I don't know if you saw it, Paul, that video of the animatronic Hondo. Oh, and yeah. It's such a trip seeing him like that, man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, knowing him so much from animation and Clone Wars and Rebels, and then to actually have him be standing in front of you talking as an animatronic, but it looks really great. And I think it's really going to sell you on the immersiveness of it. So, yeah, it's sounding really, really cool. And then the other big one, of course, was Rise of the Resistance. And that's the one I was really curious about how it's all going to work. And they're saying this one, because there's going to be different sections to the park. There's going to be like the resistance area and then the first order area. And of course, this one's going to be in the resistance section of it, where you start off outside. We see the A-wing and some of the model images we've seen of the park. But that's where the queue line for this one begins. And this ride is going to involve Ray, Finn, Poe, and Kylo Ren. And as you're waiting in line, I believe it is kind of not right away, but midway, you'll see BB-8 roll along and he'll deliver a hologram message from Ray telling you to you need to go on this mission for the resistance and Poe Dameron, po Dameron will meet you and brief you on what's going on. And then I think that's kind of where it gets into that Star Tours mode where you go on this transport and then the video screen comes in and that's where you see Poe going into this X-Wing and he'll communicate with you as he's flying the ship and as you're making your way off of Batuu. But then you get infiltrated by a first order star destroyer and you get sucked in the tractor beam and Poe says, you know, I can't fight them off on my own. I'll come back with a fleet to help you guys out. And then this is the curious part because it doesn't fully detail it, but it sounds like once you get sucked into the tractor beam of the star destroyer is like you, you have to walk around the first order star destroyer being taken into the captive area that we saw in the force awakens where they took Poe, but it makes it seem like you're going to be walking around a bit on the ride before you get on that, moving tram which is later on because it says you get you break out of that holding area then you make it on that tram that's where you encounter those walkers that we see in that image and you just make your way through the first order star destroyer encountering storm encountering stormtroopers and whatnot and it doesn't say how the ride ends but you do come face to face with kylo ren eventually it doesn't say how that plays out but you will see him and then eventually finn will play a role as well so um, this one sounds unique as well. Again, they're hiding all the details, but the fact that you're going to be doing it looks like a lot of different stuff for this ride and not just on this one tram that takes you throughout the course of the First Order Star Destroyer. But no, you're starting off on Bat 2 on a transport. You get sucked in. Seems like you walk around to the holding area. Then you go on that tram and try to escape the First Order. So, yeah, sounds really cool. And I'm 
sure the descriptions and reading it doesn't do it justice as far as those who got to um, see it firsthand. And I should say they didn't get to go on these rides. They were kind of just being explained to it by the Disney Imagineers, but and probably showing concept art videos probably of it, I would imagine. So that had to be cool to see. But I'm sure once you get to experience firsthand, it's going to be something really, really cool. But mm-hmm. I think out of the two, I'm probably more excited for the Falcon ride just because of the opportunity to work together with your friends and fly the iconic ship of the Falcon. Should be a blast. But both of these are sounding a lot like a lot of fun and just even waiting in line in the queue where you get to interact with characters we know from the TV shows and movies is going to be really cool and hopefully help pass the time in a quick way as we're waiting to get on the ride. So in the ride section of this park, it's sounding like a really, really cool stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I'm with you. I think that Falcon ride probably sounds like the more fun of the two, but they definitely both sound awesome. Um, but yeah, just being able to work together, like with your friends or whoever you're going with and, uh, work together to actually fly the Falcon. And then that was one of the articles that I did actually read all the way through and the way they were talking about how, like you said, it links up to that app and then you actually kind of like gain a reputation that then kind of follows you around throughout the park. Mm-hmm. Like if you buy stuff, the merchants might be like, Oh, Hey, you're that guy that crashed the millennium Falcon. Hondo's not too happy with you or something like that. Yep. <laughs> and just, I mean, from the stuff that I did read, it seems like just the level of immersion in the fact that like you are sort of creating your own story here and that you're just immersed in this like actual corner of the star Wars universe just sounds like they have just gone above and beyond with just the, the attention to detail and the, you know, just the story details and all that kind of stuff. It sounds just incredible. Yeah. And they're really putting an importance on the story. Cause that was another aspect of entertainment weekly's article that they devoted its own story to where, you know, it's going to be a real important aspect of your experience. And uh, I guess they're not giving the full details of, you know, the story behind the First Order and Resistance on why they're on Batu, But um, they says, you know, there's a new uh, legion of the First Order going to Batu called the 709th uh, Red Fury. And they're looking for something. They don't say what it is, who or what, but both the Resistance and the First Order are on Batu for a specific reason. And there's questions of that something that's going to tie into episode nine at all. Um, I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me if it's a small detail that makes its way to nine, but I don't know if it's going to be a huge connection, but they're still keeping that under wraps, but um, looks like it's going to be an important part to your experience on Batu. And they said, there's going to be, um, you know, this new ship called the Thai echelon, um, which might may or might not be in episode nine as well. So those are the things I can really see like making the connection certain ships that maybe we'll see in galaxy's edge. And then we'll see it show up on episode in episode nine as well. So um, yeah, then just kind of interacting with uh, the cast members who are going to be working there. It says some are going to be, you know, first order sympathizers or resistance sympathizers, depending on who you're talking to. And as we kind of all suspected, everyone working there is going to be in character and just really playing in the role of living on Batu and whatever stations are working on. So it should be interesting. And another part I liked in this part of the story, it says, even when you take a drink out of water fountain or something, it says, you may see, it'll be like a cistern. And as you're drinking, you may see a Dianogus swim through the pipes <laughs> of that fountain that you're drinking water from. <laughs> it's little stuff like that. It's just so cool that they're going into that much detail. And then we mentioned that app. That's going to be a huge feature of the park that I wasn't expecting, but could be pretty cool um, where you download uh, the Disney app. I forget the exact name of it. It's the Play Disney Parks app. And you can use it into 
you know, translating the Arabic language that you see written out on different crates to find out what's in them or the name of certain stores and restaurants. That's how you'll find out the exact translation of it. And then you'll also be able, even like alien creatures you may see in here, you'll be able to kind of translate what they're talking about and use it on droids. It's just a lot of stuff you can do with it, which is pretty interesting. And like you said, it kind of keeps track of your journey of everything you experience, how well you do on the Falcon. I'm sure that'll play into the Rise of the Resistance uh, ride as well. So that's a new feature that took me, I wouldn't say by surprise, but something I wasn't expecting, but pretty could be pretty cool in the immersion of it as well. But the other big cool things is it's going to be the shops. And I got to say, seeing some images and reading about it, it got me pretty excited. But as you mentioned earlier, just, man, <laughs> it makes you sad thinking about how much you're going to want to spend and maybe not be able to. But I like how there's this uh, shop, the Doc Ondar's Den of Antiques, I think is the name of it or how you pronounce it. <laughs> but he has a lot of Sith and Jedi artifacts and they look really cool. He's going to be selling like these busts, these statues, even like a Jedi a goblet <laughs> should be cool to drink out of and holocrons that you can purchase. And mm -hmm. it seems like a small thing, but man, I'm excited about those. If anything, that's what I want to purchase first, a Jedi holocron where... Oh, dude, I'm right there with you. Yeah. <laughs> Just to have it on display, like on a shelf or your dresser or something would be awesome. But the fact that it's interactive, you'll be able to use it kind of like a real Jedi holocron and here knowledge and wisdom from ancient jedi and then the other cool aspect is the build your own lightsaber feature which they say is going to be a lot more robust and bigger than that small you know hasbro blade builder one they have at the star trader where it's just the plastic toy lightsabers they even have the price listing for the one at galaxy's edge where it's going to be you know 109 for the uh, hilt and 49.99 for the blade so <laughs> these aren't going to be cheap ones but I love the idea of really customizing a well-made lightsaber that I hope are like the force effects ones, but having it be your own custom one, it's going to be pretty cool and unique. You get to choose your hilt, your kyber crystal for your color, and then you can be able to use that kyber crystal into the holocron if you purchase that to gain more out of it. So just a lot of cool stuff, if, you know, for those of us who are Jedi geeks and just want to really immerse yourself in the experience of having actual Jedi artifacts. It's going to be so, so cool. So I think those are the highlights as far as the store aspect and things you can purchase um, or the things that you can purchase of what sounds really, really cool out of everything. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I'm right there with you. I think the Jedi stuff, the holocron and the lightsaber, the fact that you can like build your own and customize them and everything like that. And even the fact that that is built into the story they were talking about how that shopkeeper is like was inspired by luke's story in the last jedi and now they want to like spread the you know sort of keep that hope alive and spread the the jedi tradition to other people and that's why you know they've gotten their hands on these lightsaber parts and they're like letting people no room boy <laughs> i knew you that was coming from you paul i knew <laughs> well look for a theme park idea though it makes total sense like to have some sort of story reason as to why you can just walk in here and build your own lightsaber. Like, I think that's pretty cool. Um, but I mean, the thing that I think I like even more than that is the fact that like all the merchandise that you can buy in here, it's all in universe. Like yeah. they were showing even just some of like the t-shirts and jackets and stuff that you can buy. Like it all looks like 
stuff that you could see like people in Star Wars wearing. And even like there was some stuff that had like a, you know, a graphic of like Ray on there with a resistance logo and stuff. But it's not like your average run of the mill, just like Star Wars T-shirts or Disney T-shirts. Like it's not your typical like Star Wars branded merchandise. Like it's made to look more in universe, you know, type style. And I think that's really cool. Cause that's one thing that I was wondering, cause they kept talking about the immersion of it and everything. And I'm like, well, are you going to walk in there and have it look all realistic and have people be talking to you like they're actual star Wars characters. But then you walk into a store and there's just like a whole bunch of mugs that say, you know, I went to star Wars galaxy's edge. Like, no, it's all <laughs> like the stuff that looks like you would buy it, like from the star Wars universe and get to take it home with you. And that's just so dang cool. Yeah, I mean, I think we were talking about that when last time you, we went down to play Secrets of the Empire, is wondering what the merchandise is going to be like. And yeah, we were wondering if they really are going to go full-blown immersion and just have everything be in-universe that you can buy. And they're doing it, and I think it's better off for it, because there's going to be some really unique stuff that you could only get here. And it makes it... It makes sense, too, where, you know, the Star Trader after Star Tours won't become obsolete because that's going to be the mm -hmm. spot where you do get those licensed merchandise and all that type of stuff that we're used to. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. And, of course, there's going to be other things like there's going to be a droid depot where you can kind of build your own droid. There's going to be a creature stall where it sells, you know, stuffed animals of the creatures we know from Star Wars, but they're really trying to make it sell like you're actually buying a tauntaun or a puffer pig which was a surprising <laughs> entry because they're going to make noises and sounds as you pet them and touch them to make it feel like you're really buying an animal and then there's going to be a toy dairy and toy shop which the aren't your typical toys um in the article it says they're kind of made to look like that stormtrooper doll that Jin had in rogue one and i can definitely see that that is the design they're going for most of those so all those cool stuff different shops that we're gonna be able to go to here is gonna be so much fun even if you don't buy them i think just going in the shops and just seeing the shop owners and characters that are in there it's just gonna be really really cool but yeah, then the definitely. other big thing is the restaurants and foods that's gonna be there there's a few of them and the big question i think everyone has is we knew it was coming it was gonna be there but what was it gonna taste like and what's it gonna be the blue milk <laughs> we got our answer and they say it's a plant-based dairy essentially rice milk which makes it easier for everyone to enjoy and is lactose intolerant for those who are safe to drink for that they say it's compared to like a frozen milkshake or a smoothie hmm. what it's going to be like they says they said you know we just don't want to make milk and have it colored blue if it's a hot day out milk's not really the thing you're looking forward to to cool off and have a nice refreshing drink so they made it more like a smoothie or a shake so um you could be able to get that at just some stands outside in galaxy's edge or it also has there's a special version of the blue milk in august cantina which is called the blue bantha and it comes with like a sugar cookie on top of it and it goes into the different drinks you're going to be able to get at august cantina where we know it's going to be the first place in a Disneyland park or area that's going to sell al alcoholic drinks. Um, there's going to be the Bloody Rancor, that's a Bloody Mary, the Fuzzy Tauntaun, and a Bespin Fizz, which is kind of a rum drink. So all the different stuff that we're going to be able to get at the cantina. And then different uh, food choices. Um, there's a lot of them, which Entertainment Weekly has images of, of what the different plates and dishes you can get. A lot of them are stuff that we're used to at restaurants, like there's chicken, there's uh, beef, and there's some fish meals, but they're all going to be named after, you know, Star Wars cuisines. <laughs> so um, I'm trying to think of the names that 
they have like well, one of them was the Ronto Roasters, which we know the Ronto is the big creature that we see in Moss Eisley in the special edition is that the Jawas were riding. So there's going to be that's going to be a meal that's kind of looks like a, a wrapped up soft taco, like a chicken soft taco, but it's going to be called the Ron- Ronto Roasters. So all that different type of stuff, which we're probably just going to get used to, you know, saying the names <laughs> if we go uh, to different restaurants and we have a particular food item in mind we just got to remember the star wars in universe name to say it because i have a feeling if you just say you know give me the chicken soft taco the person who's taking your order is not going to respond to it and go, oh, we never heard of that <laughs> like, what is that so you got to be in character yourself when you're interacting with these type of areas for galaxy's edge which is going to be fun so yeah i mean from the rides to the shops the restaurants just everything that we were hoping it would be it looks to be the case and I know it was mainly reading off the Entertainment Weekly report, but there's been some other ones that I read from like Nerdist. That's everyone's raving about it, pretty much is what mm-hmm. I wanted to say. No one's saying really any a bad thing about it. Just how it's a Star Wars experience like no other, and these people who got to go to this haven't even really scratched the surface of it. Like I said, they didn't really get to go on the rides, but just got to give a tour and just I can't imagine how cool it's going to be. So yeah, this more stuff to get us more excited for. It's opening, which should be in a few months. Summer is right around the corner. I think the rumor is June, I believe. May or June, one of those months is kind of the rumor dates we've been hearing. But should be cool. The only thing that uh, wasn't pretty realistic, I would say, is a lot of the images they had with showing people in the park and how empty it was. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's going, yeah, I don't think that's going to be. I even see some some Photoshop images of one of the official stills they released and they just put a bunch of crowds like mm-hmm. in there and made it so crammed. So that's probably the more likely outcome, but man, it's looks like it's going to be worth it. Yeah, for sure. And I think even in part of the entertainment weekly article that I did read, they mentioned something about, you know, they said that they had asked about potentially like line control or Disney having some kind of method to like control the crowd sizes. And they intentionally like, weren't ready to reveal anything about that yet which made Mm -hmm. me sound like maybe they do have some kind of system in place so it's not just mass chaos um because especially if they're going so over the top to make this feel immersive and feel like you're actually in star wars like you don't want the one thing that ruins it to be the insane mass of disney tourists that you know you're smashed up against and so um i I mean who knows maybe they actually are going to do some kind of either ticketing system or, you know, like a lottery or something like that to decide who gets to go in, like at what times or, you know, kind of control the crowd in there. Yeah, maybe um, it's like a fast pass, like requirement where you have to go at a time, get your pass, and then you have to come back at that time for everyone. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, I would be totally okay with that because I would rather kind of get to enjoy it. I'd rather go through the hassle ahead of time of like trying to get a ticket or whatever it's going to be and then be able to enjoy it without a massive oversized crowd. Um, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I'm sure if there is anything like that, we'll get more details on that as it's, uh, as we get closer to it. But I mean, just from all the stuff that's been announced and from all the impressions and stuff that I've seen just from these articles and from people talking about it on Twitter, just kind of giving their general impressions and stuff. I mean, I've read a lot of just kind of little snippets and stuff and it like, I'm really excited and encouraged by just how, impressive it all sounds and how so many people seem to be like i was expecting a lot like they've hyped this up and talked about you know how much it's going to be you know attention to detail and immersive and your own star wars story and blah 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 but like it's still going to be a disney park expansion right but like 
it's blowing everybody's expectations. Like they're like, I was expecting a lot, but I wasn't expecting this. Um, and so that just gets me really excited to finally be able to uh, try it out for ourselves. I don't know when that's going to be, um, you know, exactly when it's going to open and then exactly when we're going to get to go. But, um, you know, it's got to happen at some point. We are going to fly the Falcon yeah. together and yes. we're going <laughs> to, and we're going to do whenever we do, I don't care if it's this summer or if it's two years from now, we're doing a whole episode just talking about our experience on that. Oh yes. Yeah. So it's going to be a blast. Yeah. Um, definitely something to look forward to. So, um, yeah. And I mean, you know, for, for those of you listening that if you're uh, looking forward to this as much as we are, definitely go and check those articles out. And, uh, you know, I mean, Tim did a great job running down all the important stuff for us, but I mean, there's yeah, lots of, a lot. there's lots yeah, of, there's more. <laughs> yeah. There's lots more small details and lots of pictures to look at and stuff like that. Um, that just will really get you excited for it. So definitely check that out. Um, but that is pretty much all the stuff we've got to go over for this episode. Um, so before we wrap up, Tim, do we have any tweets or emails or anything that you want to read out for us? Yeah, we got a few responses on Galaxy's Edge after those reports came out. Asked our followers and listeners what they're most excited for. And first up on Twitter, we got a response from Dylan Sparks at underscore fives with two Vs underscore saying, I can't wait to build my own saber and try all the food. And Derek BB at Derek JBB says, number one, first order ride. It sounds absolutely incredible. Number two, the Falcon ride, which sounds like a so-so simulator. Number three, blue milk, all in caps. <laughs> and then four, the vast sweating masses of humanity crammed together to a single point of space. <laughs> yes, I would imagine that would be at the bottom of the list. And then Alan L at Label Chop says, characters and creatures from the animated series like Hondo. And then on Facebook, a couple of comments. First up from Rich Brockwell says, think I'll wait till 2022. The queues will be ridiculous. And then Jason Burt says, with Disney raising the ticket prices this year, I'll skip until next year, which, you know, might be the wise course of action if you can hold off that long. Because, yeah, <laughs> if it's as crazy as we're expecting, maybe holding off might be the best way if you can. But it's going to be hard. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I know for me, especially living so close, knowing that it's right there, going to have to experience as soon as possible. So hopefully that will be the case. But totally understand anyone who wants to wait a little bit before it dies down. And then going back to our discussion on uh, the episode nine wrapping image and the desert planet, I put a poll up uh, a couple of days after that image got released, wondering um, what people thought it was going to be as we were talking about earlier in the episode, if it was going to be Tatooine, Jakku, a new planet, and some even said Jeddah. But for the choices I put on the poll for that, it was just Jakku, Tatooine, and a new desert planet. And coming in at 24%, which I'm surprised it's this high, is a new desert planet. I was actually expecting to be that pretty low in the single digits because I don't think there's a way they add a new third desert planet to Jakku and Tatooine. I mean, just those two and the main saga itself is enough, and <laughs> maybe mm -hmm. a little too much. So I was kind of surprised it was that high. But then Tatooine got 29% and Jakku won at 47%, which as we talked about is probably the likely scenario. But then a few comments on that. First up, uh, Jesse the Bizzle at the Bizzle eighty one on Twitter says, "JJ loves mirroring like all great directors, so it's most likely Jakku, and hopefully we get a lot more lore about the planet into the canon." And then Rich Brockwell chimes in again at Rich K Brock on Twitter says, "I love it to be Jetta," and then Dan Solo at the Star Wars Sucker says, "I don't understand why does everyone want to go back to Jakku? <laughs> I think it's Jetta. Set up in Rogue One, the Jetta city was destroyed, but not its secrets." 
And to be honest, I was kind of surprised by the Jetta responses we've got. And I've seen some of those on Twitter just in general. But I just don't think there's any way it's going to be Jetta. I mean, I have a hard time thinking JJ, if he's going to go back to a planet, it's not going to be one from the uh, Rogue One, the one that he doesn't have a big connection to. With Tatooine, we know we can go back to because it's the main planet of the Skywalker saga. But as we talked about earlier, it's more than likely Jakku, that's the planet he created, kicked off his story with Rey from, so that is the more likely scenario. But I was a little bit surprised about the Jedi responses, and I just don't think they should get your hopes up. <laughs> I mean, mostly, maybe I'm proven wrong, but I just had that feeling that JJ is not going to touch that corner of the galaxy with Jetta. But as always, it's great to hear everyone's thoughts and opinions on what that might be, and also what you're looking forward to Galaxy's Edge. It's going to be a fun year, as we've been saying on every episode, and just getting into this. We're in this anticipation mode right now, and eventually all that stuff is going to be here like like you alluded to earlier, Paul, celebration is just a month away now. So pretty soon it's just going to kick into another level. But right now it's just we're slowly getting there. And that anticipation is building and building. And it's just going to come to a massive, you know, experience of getting all this stuff. So I can't wait. Yeah, definitely. And celebration is definitely going to be that launch pad where the, the mm -hmm. hype train really gets rolling up until December. Um, but man, just can't wait to uh, keep talking about all this stuff and get excited for it with all you guys. Um, thank you so much, as always, for, uh, you know, chiming in with your thoughts and for listening to the podcast and engaging with us. Um, as always, you can check us out online. You can find us on Twitter at Star Wars TSC. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Star Wars The Saga Continues. You can send us email at starwarstsc at gmail.com. And you can uh, check out our website at starwarstsc.com uh, to keep up with all the latest news stories and stuff that we're posting. Um, and also be sure to check out thunderquack.com for all the other awesome podcasts in the Thunderquack uh, podcast network. Um, but that is going to do it for this episode. Uh, we will be back soon when we've got some more news to talk about. We'll start getting those movie commentaries out for you guys. And yep. uh, until then, we will see you next time. And may the force be with you. See you next time, everybody. Godspeed.